0: I really wanted to give you a great view of downtown Baltimore and the Inner Harbor, like we've been doing on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But it looks like it's going to pour outside, so I had to hustle inside. And now it looks like I might cook myself, Stuart Weber, Austin Coos, a little dinner in here in the hotel room. But uh, it was a nasty storm yesterday. And if that thing came out during our show this afternoon, which it's anticipated might not look so good or be so good with the equipment. So uh, inside we go. If you're watching on the video platforms and uh, hopefully listening in your car, well, you don't care about the video then on ESPN 690 AM. Brent Margo still in Baltimore, not in Owings Mills anymore, now at the Team Hotel and uh, Austin Lane back in Jacksonville, the Action Sports Jack Studios. Hey, man, how you doing? Hope the weather's okay there, but uh, some nasty storms the last couple of days here in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, it's going to rain again, I think. Uh, What else is new when it comes in terms of Jacksonville? So, when are you coming home, man? That's all I'm asking you. <laughs> when you coming home, so yeah. I don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have to say, uh, you know, I'm sitting in your chair, obviously. It's throwing me for a little bit of a loop. Hey, you, you've been off a little bit. I can tell. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, your <laughs> your settings on your computer uh, are a little different than mine. I have to use this microphone that you use instead of using, like, my traditional, uh, I'm not even sure what you call because I've only been in the biz for uh, a couple yeah, you got months. You've the Casey Kasem microphone I have the Casey Kasem, like, yes. I have the howard stern mic if you will and it, it makes me feel like howard stern when i use it but now i have to use this mic like i'm i don't know l- like a broadcaster in vietnam back in the 60s or whatever so um it's not comfortable for me M- my neck's out of whack just there's a lot of things going on here brent man i can't that's wait to you go a lot of complaining man. I can't a wait lot to of come complaining home, going on
0: early in the show i mean you're guy.
1: Was a football guy i should not be much that's true Yes.
0: Uh, I got sand in my shorts.
1: Um, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs>
0: uh, the uh, speaking of shorts, I did want to get something uh, out of the way about underwear. A little bit
2: later. Uh, 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 now let's do it now.
1: Okay. Well, okay, and to be so, honest. So, are you wearing shorts right now? I am. Wearing shorts. Uh, are they are they khaki colored? <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Color me shocked. Unbelievable. Breaking, riveting news in ESPN 690. Brett Martineau is wearing khaki shorts uh, for probably about the 30th day straight, so congratulations. And, a, and electric blue underwear. Okay, there you go. Is that what you want to talk about, dude? Uh, is what I want to talk about a little
0: okay. bit, all right? Because I was thinking of this, and we'll get to sports in a moment, people. I hope so. I we got plenty of Jags talk. we got LeBron James talk. We've got a, all that kind of talk. Antonio Brown, man, what's up with cryotherapy? You sure it wasn't the balloon? Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> But anyway, the you know, you buy, a, a, I need some new underwears.
2: Okay? okay. Yep.
0: And so, I don't know, I asked Steph, can you go get me some? And so she gets like, you get them in like a five pack, right? Sure. And I don't know, maybe coal somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But what I don't understand, like, I just want gray or black underwear. That's sure. it. Sure. Sure. But you you notice that like if you bought Hanes or Fruit of the Loom or whatever kind of underwear, why do they come with these like
1: electric blue colors? Oh, that's it now, man. That's I mean, just, like, it why is what it is.
0: I don't want to I don't want that. I don't know. Yeah. I, because I have this fear that, like, I'm going to get into an accident or I'm going to do something where <laughs> where someone someone has to, like, take what my...
1: What are you doing where you get in an accident where they have to take your shorts off, Brett? I
0: don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't know what the fear of that is. I, but <laughs> somehow someone has to cut stuff off me and I've got these electric blue underwear on.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I just don't want
1: that. And that's going to be the last thing they remember of you.
0: Absolutely sure. and that's not me that's the thing like i have no choice like, that's, that's not no me money, i just really. want another pair of black underwear or, yeah. or gray underwear that's all i wanted like i didn't wear these it's sure. not like i pulled out these heart shaped valentine's <laughs> day underwear or well, something well
1: like and it's that. funny like and that's kind of the trend now like you know like there's like these uh Companies that, like, you can get, like, a subscription per monthly thing. I don't want to name any names because they're not paying us yet. Maybe one day they will, but until then, I'm going to talk smack about them. And they have a setup where you can order, you know, a pair of underwear, and then you can get a free pair for, your, like, your significant other, and you can wear matching underwear. Matching. So, yeah. Hey, that's not a, that's not a little creepy, is it? Yeah, it's a little weird. It's, it's a little weird, yeah. It's a, it's a little aggressive.
0: Okay. Uh, we won't get ourselves well, now that in trouble we got, in more underwear talk. Thank you, but- yeah. I just I seriously was thinking about that today and I just don't get the electric blue underwear. Give me black, give me gray. Sure. Uh that that's fine. It's yeah. all I need. But
1: business uh, for the business man. I appreciate absolutely. it. Uh, uh, absolutely. Anyway, Kuz Kuz is looking about. at okay. I'm not even gonna repeat what Kuz is just doing, but <laughs> he's checking to see what color his was in the middle of the window while I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank black you very coos? Much, coos, thanks for showing everybody. Black, yeah. yeah, thanks for showing everybody, dude. Appreciate it. Black.
0: All right, uh, it took eight months to lead uh, the show with uh, what color underwear you are wearing. Yeah. let's talk a little Jags instead uh, throughout the day. All right, eve before uh, the first preseason game, do you remember it? Did you sleep at all? I don't want the full story about your first preseason game, first game in the NFL, until tomorrow. But take me through well, the day before. Uh, you got anything great? Anything you screwed up, I, messed up? Walk yeah.
1: through. Well, can, I mean, can I just kind of tell the story of my first preseason game? Because I feel like it's appropriate, you know. I might as well do it now. I didn't plan it because I, I had a torn hamstring. So, oh, uh, I you were on the it. injured list. Yeah, well, list. well, I was taking too many scoops of that Jack 3D. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I tore my hamstring. So I think I, I sat out the entire first preseason, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Did you really? Yeah. yeah. All yep. right, so then I guess, okay, but so there you go. same idea, though, right? No, I mean, for say, sure. When, before your first, like, I'm thinking Gardner Minshew. Yeah, this is a guy. He's a really cool guy. We met with him a little bit today, and and I, we have a conversation coming up with him from yesterday. Uh, and, and he's just like chill, mm-hmm. but but you know, man, that guy inside's got to be like racing with butterflies and anxiety. I mean, you wait for this moment all your life, yeah. and he's going to get a lot of snaps tomorrow. Uh, you, you probably, I think, uh, we we're talking to some guys. said hey, you can't. You don't even sleep the night before. Uh, now, that's a little crazy in a, in a preseason game because you really have to wait all the way until 7 o'clock to play the preseason. <laughs> yeah, but so you for a, night, night, I mean, did, did take you get like nap. a terrible night's sleep the day before your first NFL game um, you actually
1: played in? Do you even remember? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I remember. Yeah, um, I remember like it was yesterday. No, I, I, truth be told, I slept kind of like a baby. <laughs> because <laughs> what you have to remember, I mean, um, back then, you know, we had roommates uh, during training camp. So we yeah, had to share true. like a whole room with somebody. So now like when we're in, uh we're going through like the night before a game, you get your own room, king size bed, nice comforter, extra fluffy pillows. Uh you're definitely living in the life of luxury. So from that, um, aspect, that was very comfortable, but it's just a, it's a different vibe, Brent, you know, and especially, you know, they're, they're, they're actually, you know, they're playing in Baltimore, so they're not going to experience it until they come back home, uh, against Philadelphia, but there's just something special about when you're driving to the stadium, uh, for, you know, for your very first game. And you know, usually you get there about two to three hours before the game starts to get you get time to get situated. But there's already fans out there tailgating. There's fans getting set up, and you kind of see those fans as you're driving to the stadium. So that kind of adds a little extra element of it. And then it's like the first time you put on the pads and you put on that jersey um, because everything just feels a little different. Now, yes, maybe they had put on like the jersey and the pants before, whether it's for pictures or um, some kind of like self promotion kind of thing. But now the fact that you know you put on these pants, these pants feel a little more comfortable than the practice pants did you got to put on this jersey and everything you put on the helmet it's all shiny everything everything's in your locker all nicely set up and then when you go on the field um it just feels different you know and there's uh a I don't want to say I was nervous, you know, because nervous isn't really a term you want to use for football, but I was anxious, you know, I was excited to get underway. And then as soon as you hear that crowd, whether it's a preseason game or a regular season game, and they're cheering for you or they're booing for you, granted they're getting some kind of reaction towards you, uh, it's a special moment for sure.
0: You know what's interesting, Uh, I don't think people think about all the stuff that goes into a game like the preseason with 90 players. It's totally different with 90 players oh, compared to 53 players. Oh, without doubt. And I was talking to Doug Marone a little bit after he talked to the media yesterday and just all the things they have to worry about. And you think about watching that game tomorrow night. You can watch it at, on Fox 30 at 7.30 kick. We'll have a pregame show at 7, by the way, on Fox 30. But, you know, we're going to watch players say, hey, how'd they play? Incomplete pass. Uh, nice catch. Uh, how'd they run the ball? How'd they block? We'll evaluate all these guys. We'll, we'll make pretend we know. And uh, we'll talk about them. And uh, <laughs> the, the difference for those, like today at the walkthrough, I, I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. Doug Marone said it's, it's really one of the most stressful days. It's kind of the day that you really look forward to because you have to go through all these different scenarios with 90 players and a lot of guys that have not had a taste of the NFL. The veterans are fine. They understand it. They know, hey, if a guy gets hurt, here's who's going in. Or late substitutions in the fourth quarter when you're really down deep on the roster uh, in one of these preseason games. But you have to go over all those things. So mm. I, I thought it was pretty fascinating, all the logistics that go through it, that Doug Marone has to check these boxes um, you know, today that's what they did today, and they did that at Johns Hop- John Hopkins uh, University. I'm not really sure why I I failed to ask this, why they don't use the stadium today, which is just down the road for a walkthrough. Um, and I don't know if that's normal, but they use John Hopkins uh, University instead for the walkthrough today. So anyway, I, I think uh, nobody really cares about the behind the scenes logistics, so we won't like belabor the point. Yeah. But I do think it's worth noting how much they go through on what. What kind of feels around here in the team hotel like an off day? Well, and, uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not not an off day at all.
1: And let me go ahead and get this out of the way quick since it is the kind of like, like an off day. It's a walk-through day for the Jaguars. So if there's any rookie Jaguars listening to the show right now um, and you're going through your first, you know, preseason game, get to the stadium early because there's usually two buses. There's, a, there's yeah. an early bus and then there's kind of like an on-time bus. Get the early bus and get your get your ankles taped um, ASAP because usually what happens in the first preseason game, guys take the whole ankle taping for granted because let's be honest. I mean, I would say probably 95% of the guys on that team will have their ankles taped. And if you're dealing with a 90-man roster, number one, that's a lot of tape to be going through. Number two, that's a lot of time to be uh dedicated to, you know toward that task so um usually what happens is there's just basically just a stockpile of people trying to get their ankles taped and obviously the the vets can go first because they've been there the longest so the rookies get pushed to the back and the rookies are stressing out so if you're a rookie get there as soon as possible and get your ankles taped that's all i'm gonna say
0: i would imagine the guy that invented athletic tape is doing pretty well
1: not too shabby, right?
0: I think he's got a couple of houses on vacation quite a bit. I <laughs> yeah. mean, uh, you, you know what's interesting? I don't even see like a sponsorship usually for that in the NFL. Like I don't even know who makes the tape. Do you know who makes the tape?
1: Uh, I want to say, is it like it's Mueller? Not Scotch. Mueller or something. <laughs> Mueller tape. I, mean, I think Maybe it starts right. with an M, if I'm not you mistaken. Used it a lot. Did you see oh, Hard yeah. Knocks last night? I did. Oh, of course I watched Hard Knocks last night.
0: Well, by the way, it was a a whatever episode. I thought uh, yeah. the Ronald Ali stuff was kind of interesting because we know his name from uh, Last Chance U. Sure. But what the biggest takeaway was how much tape Richie Incognito used. <laughs> I mean, that guy's hands must have weighed like 10 pounds each yeah. by the time he went to practice. Yeah. That was only for practice. I mean, he. I don't want to get in the ring with him for a variety of reasons. No, but, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he had a lot of. Did you notice that?
1: No, yeah, I mean, of course, that's an offensive lineman thing, man, like, weight, it doesn't matter, like, see, to me, if you tape up your ankles, you know, and then you, you spat your shoes, which means you put the tape around your shoes, great and word, you, by the way, spat, spat, yes. yeah, um, you know, that, that just adds weight to you, to yourself, like, you just feel heavier, but I guess as an offensive lineman, you want to add as much weight as possible, so they're always wearing the giant neck collars and things like that, because, you know, they're, they don't really care about movement, it's all about uh, not being able to move, really, so, yeah, I definitely know what this incognito's tape thing i didn't really take too much off the episode as well brent um there's one moment that caught my attention that'll be part of your stay in your lane but for the most part you know antonio brown not practice and we can talk about that a little bit and all things considered with all due respect to to derrick carr not that exciting of a guy
0: wow we kind of knew that yeah now, keep in mind the raiders didn't want to do this You know, so they're not going to just sit here and say, "Okay, here you go. Here's all the goods. Here's all the storylines." I think it's off to a slow start, but Mm -hmm. that can be the case on Hard Knocks sometimes. We'll see how the stories develop. Once Antonio Brown hits the field, they mic that guy up. You got a microphone with him all the time. That could be fun.
1: And by the way, having your training camp in Napa Valley. Excuse me? <laughs> I know. How nice did that place look? Not bad. I wish Meanwhile, we I'm one. in Kansas City, at <laughs> southeastern state, Methodist something-something, staying in the dorm rooms. These guys are in wine country riding horses.
0: Insane. That's why people like playing for the Oakland Raiders organization. I, I guess, guess so. a bit a part of it. Uh, I do want to ask you later, and don't let me forget, but I want to ask you, what would be the one thing you would be afraid of the most if Hard Knocks was at your camp? <laughs> Think okay. about it. Okay. Uh, but let's talk Jags when we come back. What should we expect tomorrow? What do they need to prove? How much will we learn? A lot of Jags talk on the way. The eve of the first preseason game. We're live in Baltimore at the Jags Team Hotel from Baltimore to Jacksonville on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Having a lot of fun up here with the Jags practices with the Ravens. Jags got a lot of good work in. Uh, Again, Monday a little bit more sluggish and lackluster than Tuesday. So I think the uh, coaching staff and the players, at least that we talked to, are a little more pleased with Tuesday. And we'll see how that translates to tomorrow night's game. Listen, the preseason is so different. We know the formula for the preseason. Yet, in the last few years, it's changed even more. And it's worth noting as we welcome back in uh, Austin Lane, back in Jacksonville, at the Action Sports Jack Studios. It's even different, Austin, than when you played because mm-hmm. guys are trying to stay healthy, and even like hard nosed coaches tough-nosed coaches that would like to see reps are saying it's all about getting people healthy and getting to September 8th and and that season opener. I'm not saying nobody said that before. I just think there's more emphasis on it, and some teams have paved the way to make it okay to really treat preseason game number one more like a preseason game number four and concentrate on those sandwich games week number two and week number three. So we'll see what we get tomorrow, but I don't think this is like... A Jacksonville Jaguars thing. I think this is a league-wide thing. And you know who paved the way for this to even change more and watch it this year and throughout the future?
1: Who was the St. Louis the, Rams?
0: The, yeah, the L.A. Rams. Uh, yeah, my, the, my bad, yeah. St. Louis. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> San God. Diego Chargers. Eh, yeah. We do it all the time. Yeah. But the Rams, the Rams went to the freaking Super Bowl, man, and yeah. they didn't play their guys in the month of August. If I'm a coach, if I'm an organization, heck, if I'm a player, I'm like, uh, look at those guys. You really think we need to go out here and maybe get hurt? Mm -hmm. So I get it. I get it. It's not great for the fans. It's really good for the back end guys, which is still important. I think we lose sight of that. We're spoiled. We're greedy. We want to see all the stars play. Understood. It's better TV. Trust me. We're the official TV station of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'd love to see Nick Foles play four quarters tomorrow night. It would be good. But I do think what we lose sight of is those bottom Guys on the roster fighting for spots, or even the guys that you know are going to get cut, it's a huge day for them, man. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Their dream comes true playing in the NFL, and they put tape out there that eventually might find them a job. Again, it's not a sexy storyline. Nobody really, 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 really cares about it. But for those guys, I don't like to lose sight of that. I think it's an important time for that, that bottom 50, if you will, on the roster because in week one and week four, they're really going to get a lot of reps.
1: And, you know, when you talk about the Rams and kind of being trend-setting, and let's be honest, this is a copycat league. Um, and, you know, teams will take note and steal. The Rams went to the Super Bowl. Let's try that ourselves. But at the same time, the Rams had a, an interesting draft in 2018 where they didn't have a first or second-round pick, right? Uh, they, they had a third-round pick who I think was an offensive tackle. Tackle, obviously didn't start or anything like that. So it is kind of a luxury to have it set up where all of the rookies that you've taken, you can just kind of plug and play right away because you're not counting on anybody to be, you know, that leader during the season. Uh, like the Jacksonville Jaguars who have Josh Allen and some other rookies who are probably going to get some pretty serious playing time when Quincy Williams comes back at all. So one would assume, even though, and I'm not sure how Doug Marone's going to play this out here, but one would assume that, especially with the rookies, even though they're the first-round picks or the, you know, the quote-unquote starters, they'll see some playing time as well.
0: Yeah, and you know I think worth noting for the Rams example also uh, is the fact that they have an intricate offense. You know, their, their offense is based on timing, and you'd like to almost see that in game action. If I was a coach, I'd like to do that, and then they decided, you know what, we're not doing it. So, again, coaches change, styles change, schemes change, but I think philosophies change, too. And the philosophy is changing. What that means down the road in a couple of years for the CBA. What that means for bigger topics like uh, 18 regular season games and two preseason games. All those kind of things. Who really knows? But we are trending now over the last couple of years in a different direction with preseason game number one. I, I just don't think it's no, it's no longer, okay, that guy get, gets two or three series through the first quarter, then in week two, maybe into the second quarter for another series, and then sometimes in week three, we see the guy come out for the second half because they want to see how that, uh, they handle that situation. That's the way it used to be, and it's not that anymore. Even the Jags in recent memory have not come out for the third quarter. Even with Blake Bortles. Even when they were trying to figure some things out. So it's really changed philosophically, I think, across the NFL. Uh, and we'll see what that does down the road for preseason game one, preseason game four, and if it impacts anything when it comes to the uh, cba uh that being said i want to get your thoughts on what you're looking at from uh, a depth perspective and w- what we should be watching we'll do a lot of this tomorrow too almost position by position but i want to at least brush over it today what got what people want to look for uh when they see that game against the ravens tomorrow night on fox 30 before we get to that uh, i think Coos said we have a comment or a question online what you got coos
3: yeah we actually have two. The first one is who are the players you are looking or most looking out for in this game
0: all right well they're taking us right where kind of we wanted to go <laughs> yeah. uh, first of all i uh, let's just be clear if you're i don't think it's worth spending an answer here on guys like Fournette and Foles and Calais Campbell and those guys. I just don't, even if, if they're playing, it's not going to be very long. So I think you really are talking about probably 25 through 50 on the Jaguars, uh, roster. And those are the guys that in this game, for you might see him a couple of quarters. And the first one that jumps out, and, and this guy's going to play a good amount, is Gardner Minshew. It looks yeah. like right now he's solidified himself as the number two quarterback, as the backup quarterback. That's a wide open race, although they spent a draft pick on Gardner Minshew. Oh, uh, they did years prior uh, with Tanner Lee, and they also have Alex Magoo, who they they got uh, this off season. So I think Gardner Minshew really has a stranglehold right now on that backup spot, and we get to see. Uh, this fun personality play football at the NFL level I, I probably would start with him Austin
1: uh, guys I'm going to watch So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take two of them um, the big one for me was, was Gardner Minshew but also Alfred Blue uh, you know who right now all things considered is probably the backup tailback um, for the Jaguars you know you have a guy like Leonard Fournette who is the bona fide starter um, a guy that they're going to give the rock to a lot during the season, but I want to see if there's a guy that can back him up that can kind of do the same things. I can give Leonard Fournette a little breather because the last thing, if you're a Jaguars fan, you want to see happen is Leonard Fournette get 25 to 30 carries a game because I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much, how, how much shape you're in. Even if you're Todd Gurley, you're going to get worn down, um, as the season progresses. So can Alfred Blue be that? You know, solid backup. Can he catch balls out of the backfield? I think with that John D. offense, we'll see that even tomorrow to see just exactly what he can bring uh, You know, to that offense. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, I guess I would probably say Taven Bryant, Brent. Mm-hmm. You know, Taven Bryant, the the former first round pick. Um, he's a guy that's gonna be playing a lot tomorrow because he's not a starter as of now. Um, he's kind of locked in behind Darius. Uh, I'm sorry. Marcel Darius and then uh, also Clayus Campbell. You know, he's kind of taking both those spots. And uh, what I've been hearing is Dayton Jones has kind of, you know, been stepping up his game a little bit since the Jaguars signed him. So you, you might see a, kind of a battle going on between Dayton Jones and then Taven Bryan um, to try to have like that primary backup spot. So uh, I think that'll be a good battle to watch as well.
0: I want to talk more about that. Dayton Jones is a guy that's interesting to me. There's so much star power on this defense that we don't talk about the other guys very much. The depth position uh, along that defensive front. Calais Campbell loves the depth they have, not just those starters. Uh, but where does Taven Bryant, Dayton Jones, all those guys fit in? And I'm going to give you another guy on the offensive side that could be a cool story to watch this preseason. We'll see if it materializes at all. Uh, before we do that and get to the other question, Kuz, we'll do it on the other side. Let's get to South Beach Gary before we take a break. Hey, what's up, South Beach Gary? What you got today?
2: Good afternoon, gentlemen. For you, Brennan, we'll make the song of the day, Cats in the Cradle. Oh, very nice. Uh, Gary <laughs> Chapin, since you were kind of quoting it a little earlier. Was, switching gears uh, South, uh, sec- South Beach Gary? Was, was second that good? Good? To call- Switching gears to college football for a second. Why? <laughs> In Dan Dan Mullen's comment about uh, the, this player Huggins, who allegedly pulled the tutor's hair, choked the woman, it's being taken care of. This is not the first incident with Dan Mullen and players where he's been. It's at the very least questionable about the way he's handled off-season problems with players. What, what a dangerous precedent is being sent, Brent Austin, that uh, winning is more important then how you act and how you behave in society. Uh- I mean, it, it didn't look very good at all for Dan Mullen. I'll hang up and listen to you guys' comments. Dan. All
0: right, South Beach Gary. He turned this, uh, turned the topic in a hurry, didn't he? Uh, the Huggins situation is that, that Mullen had said, and his quote did not read well, by the way. It wasn't a good read um, that, that that part's already been handled. But he's already been disciplined for that. This is something different that the Huggins situation uh, now presents, and there's been a lot of talk of it this week. And where does that mean for his future, I think, is still very much up in the air, unless something's come out in the last hour or so. But the latest I read on it was still kind of uncertain in Gainesville. I do think you've got to be really careful to paint pictures of, oh, winning's more important. We don't know all the details of it. Exactly. You know? That's I, what I, I, I was going to say. You know, I, I do think, listen, is there a culture in college football sometimes that we get too many of these instances, if you will, uh, that that players behaving badly, players wrong, and still given more chances and chances and chances? Yes, that has been in the past. But I think you've got to be really careful to paint Mullen into that picture off of this incident. Uh, I understand he was here during the Urban Meyer days, but that was Urban Meyer. That's on Urban Meyer's watch. Uh, so, you know, we could go over every single instance if you want, but I think you've got to be really careful uh, with that because of the detail we don't know. And there's often mm-hmm. detail we don't know that's involved in these situations. And I think there's a lot we still really don't know on this Huggins situation. Uh, and he was pressed on it earlier in the week from what I was reading from afar uh, during his uh, availability early, earlier in the week in Gainesville.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I mean, I don't know all the details involved in the Huggins case, I know he wasn't charged. Um, or anything like that. So, um, you know, I guess it's something to kind of wait and look forward, you know, look into. I mean, the fact that she was a tutor, though, um, kind of throws up a red flag. That this wasn't just some random girl on campus or just some random girl at a bar that, you know, tried to make maybe a false accusation. I mean, this is a tutor, part of that institution, so it's not a good look by any means. So it'll be something to keep an eye towards. And This kind of transfers to another thing quick with Wisconsin. Um, there's a guy by the name of Quintus Cephas who uh, – A couple years ago was accused of sexual assault and was thrown off the Wisconsin Badgers team. Well, he it went to court and everything, and it turns out the girl was lying about it, and he was found innocent, and the whole story was made up. And now there's a big petition to try to get him uh, back on the team again. So that's kind of like the, the big news in college football now in Wisconsin is uh, if he has the right to come back to the team or if he's done for good. So
0: well, That's a problem, right? There's two yeah. sides to every story, but we jump on the headlines and in the, in the thing that's initial, um, and, and these things change over time. Just not enough information most of the time. Yeah. And by the way, Austin, did South Beach Gary just ignore my question? Question about my singing or not want to answer? No,
1: it? I thought he just kind of broke it to you gently, man. Take the okay. hit.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, when we come back, more questions about the Jags hey, coming up here next we go. on ESPN 690. Fred Martineau here at the Jags Team Hotel in Baltimore, right, at, uh, really in the Inner Harbor. Um, could take a boat and do the show, but that would be a bad decision right now. You know, life's all about decisions, Austin Lane, uh, back in Jacksonville, and it looks like we made a good one. The Weather Channel app said the storms were coming in about 4.15. Well, 3.15 the storms started rolling in. It's pretty miserable uh, here in Baltimore right now. Same thing happened yesterday. How about this? It rained so hard while we were still in Owings Mills, so we were about a half hour away. We didn't experience all the rain, but there was hail. The Yankees and Orioles game was delayed a bit, and when we came back and tried to get something to eat, they have a little Italy uh, portion of, of downtown Baltimore and so we we're walking over there okay. and tried to go into a restaurant and they had actually closed the restaurant early because they had like four feet of water inside. I mean, the streets so, so just completely it was like, got flooded.
1: It's like the streets of St. Augustine is what you're saying.
0: It, it Very reminiscent, yeah. Yes. Uh, but this storm was nasty. There was, there was uh, just a lot of street signs and things like that that got knocked over, but um, kind of blew in here, blew out of here in about an hour and I think we're experiencing something similar. You know, tonight Trying to go to Camden Yards. Uh, Hopefully the weather cooperates. Yankees and Orioles uh, back at it tonight. You know, the Orioles absolutely stink. Yeah. But Camden Yards is, is of course, a fun place. Uh, And the Yankees are very good. And I've seen so many people with Yankees gear on here. I've thrown (laughs) up a few times. Uh, You know, Doug Marone's a huge Yankees fan, Mm -hmm. uh, which is too bad about Doug. Uh you know, I wish him the best, uh, even even though he is that. Uh, we have some conversation. In fact, I saw him in the elevator uh, the other day, and I said, Sweep by the Yankees. And he was uh, fist-pumping. So there you go. He really is a big Yankees fan, though. Right on. He brings it up all the time uh, in press conferences, and uh, he's got reason to talk. I, I enjoyed the conversation more last year.
1: I, I've noticed that a little bit. And, and you know what, you, you've been pretty tapered. You've been pretty quiet about the whole... You know when you're done working, what you've been doing as far as the nightlife's concerned. I mean, have you been doing anything fun? Have you gone out and saw some of the sights? What does Baltimore have to offer? I promise you, I can hurt my feelings. Now,
0: really, you know what's interesting is Baltimore. Like, what is Baltimore's identity outside of the Inner Harbor, which is fantastic. It's it's a great spot, tons of restaurants, uh, you know, things to do and see. But mm-hmm. you know, you kind of things and do things to do and see that you might take care of in about a three-hour span. Okay, uh, and so I would say I'm trying to figure that out. Like I don't really know like what do you come to buy? Uh, kids were asking me that. Like what do you go to Baltimore to do? Do you do, do you come to Baltimore to go to Washington DC and not stay in Washington DC? You know, it's not too far from Annapolis. So yeah. there are places to get to and yeah. it's a nice area again. The Inner Harbor is awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. But uh I mean, here for a week, it's not like, oh, shoot, I better go do this, I better go do that. I, it doesn't feel like Baltimore's that way. Is
1: so, like some Edgar Allan Poe museum you well, can out this there's obviously a
0: bunch of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah,
1: check that out, man. He's a good you writer.
0: Know, Babe Ruth's birthplace is uh, right near Camden Yards, I okay. think. Uh, okay. So, there's some stuff, but and it's a nice city. I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I don't really think there's like this identity to hey, we gotta go to Baltimore to do this. I think actually Camden Yards is a huge draw mm-hmm. uh for Baltimore because it's always been, at least for the last twenty, twenty five years, one of the nicest parks and, and really one of the um first of the modern day park. Everybody tried to mimic what Camden Yards did uh here in the city of Baltimore. Great food, right? Crab cakes.
1: Crab cakes. Already football.
0: had had a little bit of that. Yep. And uh and they do like their Ravens uh, yeah. as well. They don't like their Orioles right now. Yeah. The Orioles uh, are just not very good.
1: What about, like, uh, uh, I don't know, you just, you've seen a lot of turtles? Oh, there's a lot of terrapins around or not? There's like, a <laughs> like, like statues. I, I figured, like, you know, in Jacksonville, if you go to the beach, there's, like, jaguars everywhere, like the statues. Like, do they have, like, statues of terrapins everywhere? No,
0: nah, I don't. Uh, there's no terps it's around. disappointing. Okay. Nah, not really. Not a big presence. It, it is really the the. Edgar Allan Poe, yeah, uh, the Raven. In fact, the the restaurant here in the hotel is called Apropos.
1: Ah. So
0: everything plays off the Raven and Poe. It feels like. Be honest, um, Brent.
1: Does everybody around there wear Under Armour?
0: Uh, there, well, there's a lot of Under Armour. Okay, uh, that's another one. Yeah, there's a you know how like uh, sometimes whether it's a factory outlet or something. Well, yeah. right downtown they have a big Under Armour store right along the Inner Harbor. Cool. So there is, and the uh, the training facility for Baltimore was. Uh, named the Under Armour, or whatever. There so, you go. Yeah, All big right. sponsor, Under Armour, of cool. course. Uh, I, that got me thinking too, Yannick Ngakwe. How much do you think he is like? Hey, I want to play. I want to play, play me. This is home. My, my mom's gonna be here, and uh, but the Jacks, don't they have to be really careful with Yannick Ngakwe? I mean, I know he was practicing Sunday, practice Monday, Tuesday. I still think you got to be really careful in this situation to, to kind of hold number ninety-one back.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, listen, if you know anything about Yannick Ngakwe, it's that he loves the game of football, and I'm sure he'll love to play, especially being at home, you know, in front of his family and friends. But let's be honest, uh, there's no way that he's not going to start this season, you know, so if you have to ask that I mean, here's basically the question I want to ask week one uh, of preseason. Um, are, you, are you a starter? Yes. Okay. Is there any really competition for you right now? No? Okay, then you're not going to play. I mean, simple as that. You know, so that's why I think we're not, not going to see Yannick Ngakwe. We're, we're not going to see Nick Foles um, because you need those guys healthy. And uh, heaven forbid, knock on wood, that something would happen uh, preseason game one where, you know, some guy gets hurt. That's going to haunt you the whole season. So, yeah, it, it'd be great for Ngakwe to, to play. But obviously, preseason week one, I don't think I don't see it happening. But yeah, I guess you never know.
0: Yeah, Well, that's a good call, you know, between uh, guys that aren't fighting for their jobs and are veterans and have played and you know what to expect, and also injury guys, like even if they're just a little nicked up. It just doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. There's too much to risk uh, for those guys. Uh, a couple questions uh, on uh, YouTube or Facebook or wherever, Kuz. What do you got?
3: Yeah, Randy's asking how is doing. He uh, says he hasn't heard much about him.
0: Well, the reason you haven't heard much about A.J. Boye, has been off to the side. He's, he's basically got a hamstring. I think he started camp, or maybe it was late spring, with a, a foot injury, whether it was a toe. or I think it was a toe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, now it's a hamstring, and it's kept him off the field. And I, I will say this. If you watch the Jags in their secondary, and Boye's not out there. you know We talk so much about Ramsey. We know Ramsey, the domino effect. Mm-hmm. But when Boye's not out there, we don't give Boye enough credit. That guy's a uh, he's a Pro Bowler, right? Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. He's a good player, and uh, I think you know, did he have a more of a subpar year last year than seventeen? Yeah, so did everybody. But you can tell there's a difference when Boyer's not in, and the Breon Borders kids is, have been playing well, uh, but they it just lacks. There's a huge drop off mm-hmm. naturally from. Uh, Ramsey Boye to whoever else they're, they're putting there. And even if you wanted to flirt with Hayden going out there in that role, well, Hayden hasn't been here because of personal reasons as well. So, uh... Keep an eye on Boye. They're, they won't rush him back because they know what he can do. You just hope he's ready to go. I hate hamstring and groin injuries because I feel like we just talk at, about them yeah. uh, nonstop, and and we three weeks later we're still talking about them, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating, I think, for the player, the coaches, the fans, everything, because you know this is a this is a foot this is football. You know, if you get a broken bone, you can kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. You got a little small hamstring injury you're like I really want to go uh, but that's a dangerous thing this time of year he's got to be ready to go in September.
1: One especially from the corner position too Brent you know I mean listen any kind of soft tissue injury any kind of hamstring injury is a big deal Um, you can get away with it a little more I think in the trenches even playing defensive line well yes you have to have that get off but if if you wrap and everything you can kind of get away with a little bit you're not going to be as fast but playing that corner position where you have to rely on your back pedal where it's pretty much all hamstrings out of your back pedal and then you have to turn around and explode out of your stance uh you know that's all hamstring and with that soft tissue injury there it's something you want to take your time on because if you come back a little too early and you re-aggravate it um you 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 know you may set yourself back even further so and especially a great player like aj Boye, where you need to count him during the season so uh yeah hopefully the jaguars take their time with him and when he comes back he's 100 percent
0: Cool I really like the viewer listener interaction. You have another one for us.
3: I do, and actually he sent it again because I think he thought I forgot about him. We uh, don't forget about (laughs) him. JR Fly asks, and specifically for Brent, sorry, Austin. It's all good. uh, Says, What have you seen from DJ Chark this camp? He was a high draft pick, so this should be a big gear for him. Yeah,
0: you know, he was a second round pick and disappointed at the wide receiver spot. We've to spin it in a positive way what we said last year was wow this guy really did a great job on special teams and he was he was actually fun to watch on special teams and quite frankly for me special teams isn't that fun to watch but (laughs) dj chark was that uh i mean again football football guy loves even might like special teams
1: but i enjoy special people play special teams don't forget that
0: (laughs) i know but i enjoyed watching him play that Uh, i thought he was great now Receiver-wise, he was not so great. I had the memorable drop in the end zone, then he got banged up toward the end of the season. I think it was a frustrating year for him. But this is a guy that's been awesome in camp. I mean, awesome is a good word for him. I yeah. mean, The growth that he has shown over the first couple of weeks, DJ Chark looks like a guy that should have been drafted in the second round as a wide receiver. Yeah, and yeah. how he fits in will be, well, you know, how quickly does he get... The trust factor with Nick Foles, I think, will be something to watch. But uh, Foles even told us today he's been a pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say comments about DJ Chark, too, that I had. But the guy didn't ask for my opinion. Oh, we want to hear (laughs) No, I mean, kind of along those same lines, though, Brent. You know, he has shown glimpses. I think the, the good thing about DJ Chark was last year, it was nothing physical, right? It was more mental. It was the fumbles. It was the penalties and things like that. Well, those can get cleaned up your second year. You know, it wasn't anything physical where he didn't have the proper footwork. He didn't have the proper getting in and get out of the cuts. That was all there. You saw glimpses of that. So I think the future is very promising for DJ Chark. Just has to, you know, clean up some of the mental mistakes, and he should be good to go.
0: I don't know if Stat Boy is listening, but maybe, Coos, you can jump in on this. I'd like to know, Alan Robinson, Alan Hearns, even Marquise Lee, even D.D. Westbrook, year one to year two, what was their jump? I'm going to have to look that up and uh, talk more about it on the other way back. Big year two coming, potentially, for uh, DJ Chark. Uh, one other baseball note, by the way, CC Sabathia was at practice yesterday. He tweeted that out, hanging out with Rock Nation fellow representative. Leonard Fournette, uh, Jaguars. dot com. We'll have more on that in their in the trenches episode in the uh, upcoming days and weeks. So make sure you check that out. We're back on ESPN six ninety. More Jags talking a little balling and falling next. It's game time with Action Sports Jax. Jaguars fans, Thursday night, Action Sports Jax is live from Baltimore, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. on ESPN 690, then all night long on Fox 30. It's countdown to kickoff at 7 p.m., a half-hour pregame show. Then the preseason kicks off between the Jaguars and Ravens at 7.30 on Fox 30. After the game, live reaction with a postgame show, also on Fox 30. Follow your favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, with your favorite team, Action Sports Jax, Thursday, live from Baltimore. Hey, fantasy footballers, this is Brent Martineau. Pizza, wings, and ice-cold drafts at your upcoming draft. Let's make it happen. Host your party at Renna's in Neptune Beach, the newest of five locations in the area. Specials available for your draft party, plus Wi-Fi and televisions. Pick the players with the fastest 40 times at Renna's Pizza, family-owned for more than 40 years. Want a fresh one? Then get to Renna's Pizza in Neptune Beach for your fantasy football draft party. And tell them ESPN 690 sent you.
4: Say hello to your new secret advertising weapon, your own branded mobile phone number. Star Star Mobile provisions vanity mobile numbers prefixed by Star Star. Providing audiences an easy way to reach your business. Give it a try now by dialing Star Star Mobile from your mobile phone. That's Star Star Mobile. When prospective customers see your offline or online ad and they dial your branded star star mobile number, star star mobile helps to convert them through text, voice and online communications. Give it a try now by dialing star star mobile from your mobile phone. That's
0: star star mobile. Hey everybody, this is Brent Martineau. If you've received a letter from the IRS and can't pay them, things can get bad quickly. The IRS can seize your bank account, garnish your wages and place liens against everything you own. If this is you, contact J David Tax Law, a local firm right here in Jacksonville. Your first step to stop IRS harassment is a no-cost consultation. They explain exactly your options and how they will resolve your tax issue. Only highly experienced tax attorneys will represent you, and fee payment plans are affordable for everyone. Get the protection you deserve. Peace of mind is only a click or phone call away. The fastest way to get started is to call 904-507-4777. 904-507-4777. Or online at jdavidtaxlaw.com. The number again, 904-507-4777, or online at jdavidtaxlaw.com.
1: Who do other tree companies call when the job is too big? Big Ben's tree service does the job others cannot or will not do. Big Ben is true to his word. Licensed, bonded, and knows his business. Call Big Ben at 641-1131. That's 641-1131. Alexa, how do I drive more customers into my business?
2: First, people will need to hear about you. Okay. Then you need to be online where they look for you.
1: Online, huh? Then you need to be involved in the community. Then you need
3: to... Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't have time for all that.
1: I need to run my business. Alexa, can you help me find someone that can help me with online marketing?
4: Okay, searching for a local team that can help.
3: Kodan is now Local Solutions, your local marketing team putting you at the top of top of mind. Visit JacksonvilleLocalSolutions.com today and let us take your business to the next level so you can get back to running it. Local Solutions, powered by Cox
2: Media Group. Marketing solved.
1: And I had Jason Hill on a corner post that I just threw the ball slightly higher. Right into the space of his hands. That was such a crushing loss for
2: us.
0: Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau. Weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN 690.
2: I'm Kevin Rahm, and
5: this is Action Sports Jacks.
1: I've said it from the beginning. I think people
2: have asked me, what's the one thing about Leonard? This was two years ago that, that stood out, I and mean, it was his pass, catching ability. I think that, you know, obviously that's not something that we, we were able to see a lot of when he was coming out of LSU,
1: and, and it makes sense. It wasn't a problem against LSU. I mean, it's easier to just turn around and handle the football, but, you know, he's someone that, that we can, you know, use in the passing
0: game, and, you know, he has, he has skill. Doug Marone talking about Leonard Fournette sounded like he was at the local YMCA (laughs) or Boys and Girls Club or something with all the kids in the background, Um, but they were all chanting Lamar Jackson's name, I think at that time uh, out there at practice yesterday. Uh, Doug talking, Leonard Fournette, who who continues to impress. You know, Looks good. He's in great shape. Uh, Is there a level of maturity about Fournette on the football field in the locker room? That's to be seen. Uh, But I think all signs are good right now for Leonard Fournette going into 2019. Again, a guy probably won't be showcased much here in the preseason. Why would you? He's so important to this football team. Mm -hmm. You can argue the most important player on this football team, really, is he needs to stay healthy. There's really not a lot that they have I think a ton of confidence in behind Leonard Fournette. So Fournette needs to have a good year, needs to have a healthy year. And I think coming out of the backfield, Nick Foles is going to throw it his way, man. They started the 11-on-11s the other day, Monday, against the Ravens with It was actually his third option. It was to check it over to Leonard Fournette, and it went for like 30 yards. Yeah. And first of all, it showed you obviously the the knowledge and grip of the offense of a guy like Foles uh, who went through those progressions and bam, just found It It looked like he was the first option. That's how quick it materialized. Mm -hmm. And then it was just a wide open play. I mean, it it just fooled the defense, 30-yard play. And uh, watch Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. I think the biggest question mark with Leonard Fournette and obviously, his health, but from a football standpoint, is the pass pro. It, can he get that third down pass protection? Can you be confident in that? Does he know his assignments? I think it's something he's worked on, but I think he'll have to prove that.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and it's funny. We talk about kind of how the the Ravens and Jaguars are kind of compared um, in terms of talent in certain spots. and. When you talk about the, the, the you know, on the defense of the Jaguars, I think probably their weakest spot right now would be the linebackers. And the same can be said for the Ravens as well. You know, where, I mean, man, for the past, seems like two decades, uh, the linebacker is kind of their strongest spot. But now they lose C.J. Mosley along with some other guys, and now they're kind of a, a very young team back there. So to, to hear that Leonard Fournette kind of had a field day doesn't really surprise me that much. Just kind of like, um, from what I've heard too, there's some miscommunications on the Jaguars part as well. So um, anytime you have a, a very young defense like that, especially in the middle um, at the linebacking spot, Sometimes like the, the the tailbacks Can have a field day off it So,
0: Hey, balling and falling time Let's go to it uh, okay. right now And uh, get it in before the top of the hour If possible uh, I'll lead us off Jacksonville Sharks I'm going to give them a shout out uh, They won in the playoffs last night Rare Tuesday night playoff game 67-43 to 43. So uh, Sharks are balling They'll play for a championship Could win their second one in the NAL In the last three years It will be on August 17th So uh, nice job uh, by Nick Forrest And the uh, Jacksonville Sharks uh, winning big once again in 2019 what you got
1: balling is espn2 brent uh they Whoa. changed up their format um from sports coverages such as e-sports e- e- and drone racing and giving the people what they want with things like stone skipping chess boxing arm wrestling golden tea championships the u.s pizza acrobatic team trials yes there's actually a team trials for pizza acro Acrobatics, I guess, and uh, lawnmower racing with much more. Uh, they're doing the ESPN 8, the Ocho today, uh, which was made famous by the movie Dodgeball. So it's a bunch of obscure sports going on right now on ESPN 2. And I actually tuned in a little bit for the uh, – I was watching the pizza acrobatic team trials. <laughs>
0: By the you way, you had a busy day today. You, I hope you're well prepared for this show. If you were watching whatever you just told me you were watching, you, some acrobatics. Yeah, so
1: it's basically guys would take pizza dough and they they do tricks with it. I'm gonna be honest, not as cool to, I thought, as I thought it was gonna be. But um, you haven't seen sports until you've seen a guy flip dough while he comes out to the soundtrack by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. It was uh, <laughs> it was a sight to be you know to behold for by in, yeah. In all craziness. in all
0: seriousness, uh, ESPN kind of made. Hey, or in the early going, showing all these unique sports. Yeah. And that's probably why they're going back. This I didn't read much about why they're doing this today, but, you know, they used to show all the obscure sports. You know, mm-hmm. they had a place for it, a platform for it. Before they started owning the NBA and the NFL and MLB and all these big rights, um, that's what they did. And so they obviously well, celebrated that a bit today.
1: And here's my opinion. Listen, I'm, I'm not big on, on the TV side of things, Brent. I'm still starting out, but why wouldn't you display ESPN 8, the Ocho? On 8-8, or tomorrow, as opposed to having it today where it's 8-7-2019.
0: You're a symmetry guy.
1: I well, get it. Well, I'm just from, from a promotional standpoint, I feel like. But.
0: I'm going to save fall until the next segment because we got to get into it. Okay. I've done cryotherapy once.
1: Oh, I've done all the time. I was I've sponsored never, by this spot for
0: a while. never done hot air balloon, although I signed <laughs> up for one and it got canceled. Yeah. Which one are you more likely to burn your feet on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll
0: find out. Or at out. least wreck your feet on. Yeah. An important tool for Antonio Brown. My fallen might have to do with that next on ESPN 69
4: I was watching practice today, and the little pad that comes down from your back, there's a $20 bill in there, and at the bottom of the bill it says... Twenty
1: land. Mm, it's just swag. This is my mindset, I guess. Every time I go out there, I'm trying to make some money. Um, I'm number 20, so I'll
4: be told so it's a $20 bill. I forgot what I crossed out and put 20 land over. It's been like that for a few years, so I don't remember exactly, but it's been there for, for a yeah. while.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what denomination should I put behind my tie tomorrow night when I'm on TV? That's what I want to know. Hmm... What would make some sense? I want to get in this game. Jalen Ramsey, where's the 20? Yeah. I saw the shoulder pads of, uh, of uh, Leonard Fournette. He's got the $100, $100 bill. bill. Yep. And that's an old story, right? That's what got to do with, I think I was like last year, he wants to get 100 yards every game. Yeah. I think that has to do with that. But what can I do? So... I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, no, no, I, mean, I wanted want this. Game. I'm, I'm
1: gonna help you out. Dude. I, mean, I, I, I got you. I got you here. So if you can go ahead and clue me in and clue in the audience members here of what your suit combo and tie combo will will uh will feature tomorrow. What colors? Gray. I kind of got. <laughs> Is it gonna be gray?
0: <laughs> no, I've got a like a like a summery light blue. All right. Okay. Like a uh, Carolina and- blue. Hello, Carolina Blue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I got uh, that. I've got the, um, the just probably just a white shirt with that because I'm going either with a red tie to make it pop. Okay. Or I might, sometimes I mix in a little teal, but I don't think the teal's going to mm. look okay. No. But, well, the teal no, has no, some no. blue. The teal has some light, this tie has like some teal and light blue in it, so the yeah. light blue will, will be drawn in. Um, but I'm a matching guy, and I, I think I'm gonna probably go red. I gotta stay away from anything purple or black no or ravens. No cheetah print. No cheetah print. No, I don't, I don't homer up that much. Maybe a little teal, but um
1: Okay, you, so we're, I'm sorry, you're thinking either what, red? I think time? I'm going to
0: lean toward red, because red pops on TV, you know, and yeah. especially with the light Carolina blue, I think it will uh, will look
1: good. Okay, no, not bad, I'm not mad at that, so I would probably put uh, a check for a million dollars, man, because by, <laughs> because by that color combination, it sounds like you'd look like a million bucks, am I right?
0: Yeah, you are right. Yeah. There you that's go. not good. All right, I'm
1: gonna. Well,
3: i are you, you about? about it this. Are you serious or not? I mean, Here's I'm the ch- thing, though, trying to help you out. If that check were to fall out and someone were able to then just put a signature on yeah. it, Good point. Yeah, that's that's running a dangerous well, line.
1: And getting back to the the Jill and Ramsey thing real quick, I always I heard it was because he put the twenty dollar bill back there because if he got beat in practice by anybody one on one, he'd give him the twenty bucks. Is that yeah. not common well, knowledge?
0: I guess he didn't say that.
1: Yeah, but I thought that was kind of like a, a like a well-known thing. Uh, I missed it. Oh, okay, yeah, man, I, I, that's what I heard. I heard he has a twenty-dollar bill back there because if he ever got beat, he'd give that person twenty bucks.
0: How did I miss that? I mean, that I must know. have been when I was uh, blocked.
1: <laughs> dude I, i've never followed him on twitter so it's not because of that i promise you
0: <laughs> hey we'll get more Jalen. Uh, Jalen also had some comments in that peter king podcast with uh about pass interference and we're going to mm-hmm. see that tomorrow right the review of pass interference the whole uh, new orleans saints rule change if you will so we'll get to that in a moment more Jalen ramsey conversation but i want to finish up with fallen and let's get to the antonio brown that's my fallen cryotherapy uh is a it's a it's a normal practice, of right? And it's, it's big. I mean, look at all the places we have in Jacksonville for it. Uh, Drayton Lawrence has a place. Former Jags player. Uh, there's a lot of them.
2: Yeah.
0: Actually, Russell Knox, the JU golfer, his wife owns one. I think out by Marsh Landing and Vedra. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's really athlete driven because I think athletes know the benefits of it. And I we did a story with Malik Jackson last year, and I think this one was at the. I'm just dropping everybody's name. Uh, recovery <laughs> Zone. I think that one was at and uh, in the Riverside area. So there was another one. ching uh, yep. And we went in it, and I tried it. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. Man, it was freezing. It was cold. It's like that is a shock to the system, but it really did feel good, too. Like, so I can tell why people do it, why players do it. But have you ever heard of a story like Antonio Brown's where he got frostbite from being in it? Was there a malfunction? Is this a made-up story? Do you believe him? What's the
1: deal? Yeah, so what happened was is that, so to kind of set the scene real quick for people that don't know, cryotherapy is basically you go in this giant tube, and it's powered by liquid nitrogen. And the whole philosophy behind it is that when you chill your body out to, you know, sub-zero temperatures, it actually flushes the inflammation out, where the old-school approach would be sitting in a cold tub for like 15 minutes, which absolutely sucks. Well, now cryotherapy... (laughs) uh, comes along, and it's kind of the same principle, except you just kind of stand in there for about three minutes. Yeah, I was in there for three minutes. Yeah, and and the rules with cryotherapy are, depending on what kind of tank you're in, but usually the, the the tanks that you stand up in that go up to your neck, you have to wear gloves, and you have to wear socks and shoes, mm-hmm. because if you don't, if you think about it, the, the two places where you lose heat the most, your hands and your feet, Um, and according to sources like Antonio Brown, he didn't wear socks or shoes, so he got in there barefoot. And uh, so, you know, when, when you're talking about the air being I think I think it's to like minus 200 or something like that, as far as the air is concerned in that tube. Well, if it's minus 200 for the span of a couple minutes uh, and you're standing on your feet barefoot, it's going to have some severe consequences. That's exactly what happened to Antonio Brown. Uh, I guess he went to a place in France that did it. So I guess France is a little more lenient in the rules in terms of cryotherapy. But not a good look for cryotherapy or Antonio Brown.
0: The dang French, again, yes the guy, uh, Martinou, uh, with the EAU on the <laughs> the last part of his name. Yeah. Um, you know, when you reminded me of that, and you're right. Now that I remember doing that, and I did have to wear the gloves and the socks. And I, and I will say, I don't know if it was some players we were commenting on, or if it was actually Malik himself that did not yeah. wear it. Because some players are like, ah, it doesn't matter, don't worry about it. And that's what we were having that discussion—the same one you just brought up. I mean, you you know a lot about this cryotherapy. I was impressed. But well, uh, yeah, of course, man. so so that I mean, you can certainly see it happening. Of course, the whole riding in on the hot air balloon—you um, know—was had people scratching their heads because all of a sudden he wasn't practicing, and then the foot stuff. And, <laughs> well, and uh, man, so that, I'm glad they I'm, finally put this out there.
1: Two things. Number one, um, how much do you think the, the like the hot air balloon entrance cost him? Oh. Because this wasn't like a sponsorship thing. I mean, he had to pay out of pocket for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't do. I I remember seeing it, Thousand but now ten. I can't. Now I can't remember seeing like exactly what was involved with it. But I mean, I, I remember signing up for a hot air balloon ride uh, in Albany, New York, with with Steph. We were gonna go do it, and I think it was like, uh, oh shoot, I want to say it was like three hundred and fifty bucks a person to do it. Yeah, and we actually went up to do it. You have to get there at like five thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was too much fog, so they canceled it. So I've still never, to this day, done a well, hot air balloon ride. And let me ride. ask
1: you this: if you do a hot air balloon ride, like you were gonna do, is there an option to have a parachute on as well?
0: Well, that's a thing, right? It's all I'm, that other stuff, you know. And, I'm not, and yeah, I, I don't think they would have dropped me off in a in a certain location, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm just <laughs> so, saying, man. Like uh, the hot air balloon. No, I'm I, I'm all set because like it's just you're up there floating. And if that's the case and you're at the mercy of a balloon, I want to have a parachute on just in case it goes south real fast. I can jump out and hit the parachute.
0: Alright, what you got for Fallen?
1: Fallen. So, Carl Frampton had a fight with Emmanuel Dominguez this weekend. Um, Frampton had to bow out of the fight due to probably the most craziest, craziest excuse possible. He had a broken hand, which is pretty common, but it's how that he, it's how that he broke his hand, which is the crazy story. He was staying at the, the, the hotel when an ornament, uh, was hanging up, got knocked over, and accidentally hit him, hit him in the hand, breaking his fifth metal carp. Um, I would say his awareness on Madden is probably about a 20. Uh, I'm not sure how an ornament can just fall from the ceiling, land on your hand and you break your hand, but, uh, so be it. So that fight is officially off now with a broken hand. Hmm. It's not good. The, well, and, and we're joined by John Bachman, by the way, too. John uh, asked me the question, is that the story that he's sticking with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, um, is that the best you can do? I mean, just if you heard it, you heard it sparring, right? Like you heard it getting ready, training, um, to have an ornament fall on top of your hand in a hotel. But to be fair, he posted a video of the supposed ornament that fell. That's almost too crazy the to make up. It up. I yeah. know, man. Like, yeah. And, and But listen, if I'm him and that actually happened, someone's getting sued. Whether it's the people that made the ornament, whether it's the hotel, but I'm not about to get embarrassed on social media for the next week without getting some kind of reimbursement. So someone's getting sued, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, let's welcome in John Bachman, CBS hey, 47, everybody. Fox 30, coming up 5 o'clock tonight. little TV timeout uh, before we get to Jalen Ramsey discussion. What you got today, John?
5: Well, I'm in Austin's chair. You can't see it right now, but I've, I've got control of the whiteboard today, so I'm, oh. I'm, I'm leaving folks with a message.
1: Well, I'm not sure if you can see that. Can you, Cruz, can you see it over there? If he sits. No, you have okay. to hold it in front of you. All right, this oh, is see, a. Oh, see, oh, changed it now. Yeah. Oh,
5: because you moved your seat. See, I Brent, did. he's taking over. He's taking over. Brent feels good I too. Know. He's
0: taking uh, it's, over. It's, it's tricky. I mean, I'm standing up in the hotel. Looks like I'm going to cook everybody dinner in a couple of minutes. Brent, speaking <laughs> of taking over, real
1: quick though, man, if you want fashion advice, just ask my man John Bachman here to the, to the left of me because uh, <laughs> he's rocking a nice. Uh, what is it? Is that like a violet? Like a purple? Like a. It's d- sort of like a b- dark bluish purple. Dark bluish thing. purple. Yeah, yeah. With a nice pink tie, man, he's killing the game today. Oh, Ask him for advice. That's Well, maybe fine, on the man.
0: back of my tie tomorrow I'll just have a picture of Bachman. There you go. Ooh, I like that. Now we're talking. We could we do something with that.
5: So we, I have, okay, I've come in here with gloom and doom the last couple days. So it's been a number bummer. One, number one on the whiteboard, for those of you who couldn't see it, I put, wherever you go, there you are. Anybody read that book by, uh, I think it's like Jim Cabot Zahn or Zin, John Cabot Zin, a bestseller from back when I was in college. Okay. Great read. Great read about mindfulness, right? Yeah. So there's your inspiration for the day. Nice. Now, on that same vein, we have a killer story for you coming up at 530, 545. One of the great stories you're going to hear all week. So 9-11, mm-hmm. an engineer up in New York City, young engineer, up-and-coming engineer in New York City, obviously has friends who are killed in 9-11. Causes him to reevaluate his life. Goes back home to Virginia or something like that and doesn't know what he's going to do. Decides he's – somebody said, hey, you're you're smart math guy. We need teachers. Guy says, I'm going to go be a teacher. He is now the teacher of the year at Pedro Menendez High School in St. John's County. Been doing it for years. A fantastic geometry teacher down there. You're going to hear his story coming up. It's it's Very fantastic. Cool. I wow. got goosebumps just thinking. Very about it. cool.
0: Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And uh, we need more of them. You yep. know, not enough teachers. And uh, I don't know how to say not enough good teachers. I'm just saying not enough teachers in general.
5: Well, we have a uh, shortage in the area for sure. But you're right. We also have a shortage of great teachers. But, you know, a lot of teachers uh, don't get the credit they deserve, you know, yeah. the, the, oh. the, to, to do what they do every day for, the, you know, for the hours that they mm-hmm. keep and all that stuff. And the, John, just block, the your
0: block your ears. Block your ears because this is. Uh, it, Pay them more than people. Pay the <laughs> teachers more. Come on, Florida. Florida's awful at paying teachers. I don't know. We're getting political. I'm sure Fantastic. somewhere along the way that's political, but I don't know how that can be political. How can't you pay no, teachers more? I was okay, that's well. Yeah, because I agree.
5: They, I, yeah, I mean we could go into that. We don't. Let, I don't think I want to, you know, ruin the the moment no, I don't, here. I don't want to bring you into that. There are good guess. arguments why why we don't and why we, you know, why some people say we don't. But certainly, uh, uh, the great teachers deserve. Uh, they're they're priceless, right? The great yeah, teachers yeah. are priceless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys can all think of that teacher that changed, you know, changed your life or oh, had an absolutely. impact. And, on and your I'll life. tell you what,
1: it wasn't my geometry teacher by any means. So, props to that guy, man. She didn't do anything for me. So I was just like, why are we doing geometry? Why do I have to do this for for shape? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, fantastic, inspiring. Just go and, hey, go and give me a C minus. We'll call it a day.
0: Yeah. Say, uh, shameless. Uh, I got a dic- disclosure here. Is my wife's a teacher? Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. That's and, right. And, and and you know it's it is funny though. Like she gets all these compliments. Sometimes she tutors a lot of kids, and and they're also thankful. And she's like, she's such a good teacher. Blah blah. I was like, really? What makes her good? Like it's never something I've associated with Steph. I'm like, how can you be so good? I was like, I I, I don't like. What makes a good teacher? I don't know. Well, I think you've got the to, be, impact, able to the re- you be able to reach.
5: You got to be able to relate effort. to the kid, touch you got to be able to, you know, impact their lives by 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 getting through to them. That's mm-hmm. what they always say is this teacher got through to me. It varies from person to person. Somebody who thinks their teacher is great, the next student may think the teacher's no good you know maybe that yeah, teacher you're point. talking about austin was great for somebody else it was all good i i, I just really
1: sucked at math is what it came down <laughs> to, <laughs> to man i was a lost cause in terms of math uh, so yeah. it was nothing you're against her hey miss newbie take accountability nothing against you i was just horrible at math i I'm had sorry. a teacher
5: i had a teacher in high school his, na- his name was doc shutters yeah and, and and it was calculus class and it was the last class of the day for me so yeah. you know by remember like three o'clock you're just praying for that bell sure and i'll be honest a couple times i I may or may not have dozed off in the class especially towards the end of the school year when it's getting hot and in the yeah. classrooms you're just kind of tired and all that. Of course. He used to keep a supply of old calculators that didn't work anymore and he would take him and he'd put them on the desk probably can't do this anymore yeah. put them on the desk and take a hammer and just bash it and it you, you, obviously, it would scare the Hello? living tar out yeah. of you, and, and you'd have, you would be back and instantly paying close
0: attention. And I'll never forget it. That yeah, Matt, um,
5: man, it's I paid a lot of attention after
0: that's that.
1: That's a game changer. right There, <laughs> Dang.
0: Uh, so many good teachers. By the way, my yeah. wife's a good teacher. Just like no, just well, uh, she's go a back. good teacher Here?
1: and a Hall of Famer as well. Hall of yeah. Fame. The
0: yeah. Hall of Famer is good, and she's been Teacher of the Year before. So how about that?
1: Dang, really? Triple threat. Yeah, I, you know, well, Brent, I've known
0: you for how long now, and I don't think I knew that. Yeah, That's fantastic. I when. Yeah, I forget it was seven or eight years ago. I don't, I don't remember. When hey, it Brent, was, have you wow. ever done anything
1: of the year or not? <laughs> not really. Oh, I can think never. of a few things,
0: but I can't say them on TV, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> or radio. Certainly, if I. Certainly, if I keep asking why she's in the hall of fame yeah, why yeah. she's a good teacher, it certainly yeah. isn't husband of the year. <laughs> definitely,
1: definitely ain't that.
0: <laughs> All right, what else? That's a cool story. by the Yeah, way. We'll we got, of course, we it. got a
5: bunch of other stuff that you know, the, the the big stories of the day, of course, and and but I really uh, really love to have you guys tune in for that sometime yeah. after five thirty, between five thirty and six. I'm not exactly sure when that thing will run, but. It's a it's a great story.
1: Well, and I'll be honest, the the Uber story yesterday. Yeah, very cool, man. Cool. I, I, like that, I saw you? that. Mama Kathy, Mama yeah. Kathy. Yeah. Um, yep. Kind of what I was expecting, man. She Yeah. Just the salt of the earth type food of woman. And that food was delicious. Yeah. Looking. Wasn't I mean, it? we're not, that, not talking about mac some and TV dinners oh, here. This is uh,
5: made with love, man. Oh, made big with time. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool story. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna have dinner for him sometime. I said, well, maybe we should all get an invite. Stop by.
1: Yeah. We'll just give your Uber name and I'll look you up here and give me a ride too. There you go. Come on, Mama Kathy. She's probably Mama Kathy. Yeah. up. I'm sure she's in my uber network i can just check her out quick very, very very distinguished network that i'm a part of here in the uber yeah. network that's a what's club. your rating again uh... friend i'm a 4.98 next question yeah well, she's good. a five yeah. i know that
2: yeah well, I, maybe, I, maybe I, it gets,
1: it. I
5: mean like i said if you start cooking dinner apparently you'll yeah. get your
0: rating quite you know pushed up to that five level absolutely all right guys i'll see you at five o'clock thanks so all much right. for having me again you got it uh, CBS 47, Fox 30 tonight. John Bachman, Taniki Hughes, Mike Burrish with your uh, first alert forecast. And uh, we'll have the sports for you as well on Fox 30 and CBS 47, including another edition of First and Ten Training Camp coming up tonight. Uh, we'll have my conversation and a little more thought on Gardner Michu, Uh And we'll actually play that for you on the radio side uh, here in a bit as well. All right. Let's get back to some football and some Jalen Ramsey talk. That is coming up. What do he has to say about pass interference. What will we see tomorrow, that reviewable play now in the NFL? We'll hear from Jalen on that and so much more. Hang with us on ESPN 690. Always welcome to jump in on the conversation on all the digital platforms or by just simply calling Star Star 690. If
4: I understand the rules correctly, um, a coach can challenge it. Correct. Uh, I mean, unless it's a crucial play or a critical play, I don't, I don't see coaches just challenging it, you know, passing appearances all the time. Plus you only get, what, two
1: challenges anyway? Yeah,
3: I, right. I don't see them just
1: throwing out challenge flags all the time for passing appearances, unless it's in a crucial moment, in which, in that case, I agree, it should be,
4: everything should be under a microscope.
0: Well, that's Jalen Ramsey on a podcast with Peter King uh, recently. Remember, Peter was uh, at Jags practice last week, and that just came out today. He was talking about the $20 bill that we played earlier, but also about pass interference in the NFL. And I think the last part was the most interesting part. Jalen says, yeah, I agree with it. I think it should be reviewed. Uh, and interesting perspective uh, from the player. I think he's right about that, too, Austin, as we welcome everybody back from Baltimore to Jacksonville. I'm Brent Morton uh, at the Jags Team Hotel. We're hanging out inside because there is one heck of a storm outside here in Baltimore right now. Uh, by the way, I would have been um, struck by lightning by now if I had stayed outside, Austin. So this was a good decision. <laughs> yes. And, or, or some people might call that a bad decision. Maybe I should have stayed outside. But uh, No, it
1: was a good decision, man. I don't want to do this thing on my own. So yeah, at least good for decision. today. Yeah. <laughs> Give me like two more weeks and we'll talk to me how I feel about it. <laughs> uh,
0: but pass interference and not reviewable, obviously this stems from the Saints game. And I, I think Jalen might be right on this. I, I think people are going to, coaches uh, I'm talking about, are going to say, you know what? Yeah, I got the power to do this, but I'm going to save the power to do this until it's super, super important. And pe- coaches always have to judge when that is, but that usually will come toward the end of the game is my thinking.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And first of all, could Jalen Ramsey sound any more excited to be talking to Peter King? Um, <laughs> my, my word. It's,
0: a, it's, a little, it's funny. It is a little bit different, right, than it's doing a, a player interview. to Taylor.
1: Yeah, yeah. A little, little lack of energy there, but whatever. It's all good. But yeah, I think as far as those challenges are concerned, you're not going to see that towards, I think, the end of the game, Um, you know, when the game's on the line, uh, is when you're going to see that for sure.
0: Yeah, so uh, here, here is, just so you know it by the letter, we're about to see it now. You know, we re- I guess uh, it happened one time, right, uh, in the pro football, I mean, the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. I think there was one instance of it. But we're about to see a bunch of games, and we're about to see, I think, the officials get used to it, the coaches get used to it, the players get used to it. Here's the rule. Coaches will be able to throw their challenge flag, initiate a review, when they feel officials have missed a clear pass interference penalty on the field, or called a pass interference penalty on a clean play. So it can go either way, and this is certainly the play from the Saints game. And if this is the way that you save the jump off the couch kind of moment, Austin, this is what I always say about replay. If I jump off my couch, I'm like, how did they miss that call? How did they not call it? Why did they call it? Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm, I'm all for it. I think this is good. And uh, whether that's some, Now, I've always argued, just have somebody in New York with that BW3 kind of button and say, wait a minute, we're stopping this thing. Because I just jumped off my my chair and said, they missed that one badly. And I'm a neutral observer. Now, they're still putting it into the coach's hands here, but I, I do like it if we're going to prevent that obvious call. That's the only, that's really the one part of replay that I really embrace. If we can change the call that is so obviously mistaken, why? Because people make mistakes. Quarterbacks make bad throws, defensive players blow coverages, and officials blow calls. That's what happens. And that's okay. That's part of sports. The human element is okay. But if you can save that official who's a neutral observer from being ridiculed forever and ever and you can get the outcome correct without sitting there and mulling it over frame by frame uh, for the next 15 minutes. I'm really all for it, and I think the addition of this, we'll see if I like it in a few weeks or, or in a few months, but I like the idea of it for sure.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's only going to clean up the game, you know. I mean, the last thing you want to do and we saw it last year with the New Orleans Saints where it was it was a big call that was missed and the, the Saints fans are still talking about it. Judges are ordering Roger Goodell to go to court <laughs> and everything. I mean, it's it, it's just like, it's like that bad breakup that you just can't get over, you know. So I think from that perspective, um, the, the last thing you want to do if you're the National Football League is have fans turn off the TV when the game's over and be like, "We just got screwed in the worst way possible." So that's going to prevent doing some of that. Now it's not going to be a perfect science, right? Like, there's—I'm sure there'll still be some controversy, whether it's with a pass interference call or some other call like that. But at least they're making steps to cleaning up the game, and that's what's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, let's, uh, Kuz, you want to take time out, or you want to go to stay in your lane? What you got? Where's the clock say?
3: Let's take or- a let's take a timeout. All right, Uh,
0: I wasn't sure because it looked like you might have been watching Tetris.
1: Oh, yeah, man, ESPN 2. I'm watching it too on my cell phone right now. They have the World Championships of Tetris on ESPN 2. Check it out if you're at home. It's uh no. it's worth the watch. No, check it out later. Listen oh, yeah. to the show now. <laughs> I mean,
0: totally. be a part of the show now. Totally. What the hell sorry. is going
1: on here? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, watch it later. Go ahead and DVR the World hey. of Tetris Championships and keep listening to the This is from watch.
3: 2018, by the way. Oh, it's only oh, 2018. 2018. It's oh yeah, deal.
0: no, yeah, it was so good.
1: I want to watch it again.
0: Let, <laughs> let's uh, hey, Coos. Turn down that music for a second. got to find me something. Stop the music. See, I like that. That's a powerful moment right there for me. I like uh, that, yeah. Do you have the list of what ESPN is showing today? I'd,
1: I said some of the list, but I can find the whole thing real quick, too.
0: Hold on. I'm going to find it. If I he's... think I can get it. Because I want to know what you seriously would like to... Uh,
3: would like I have to it right watch. here, bro. You, uh, yeah, yeah. Spy- you want to say it or do you want All the right. Spikeball College Championship on at 2 a.m. today. I-
1: I've already seen that. Oh, by the way, they have the, the annual Cherry Pit Spitting Championships. They have a Putt Putt Championship, the Golden Tee World Championships, the School Bus Figure 8. You guys ever been to School Bus Figure 8? No, what is that? <laughs> so it's, it's like a School Bus racing where they, they race like on a Figure 8 course. Okay. And then when like you know they start going slower or faster, there's a risk of like the School Buses hit each other.
0: Okay, not tipping over, but just hit each other. Oh, like they, they go through each other.
1: Yeah, it's, okay. it's chaos. Uh, we we're watching the Classic Touches Championships right no. now.
3: Did we miss the Spindo one? I don't know what that is. They're sp- like they, it's, it's like trick pizza dough spinning. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's what yeah. he said he was watching earlier. Hey, d- oh, thanks for listening. mean, what the heck?
1: Part of this world sometimes. <laughs> no, he's watching Awareness. Tetris from 2010 again. Awareness <laughs> keeps on lowering. Uh, we got Lawnmower Racing, Brent. We got it's called the Stupid Robot Fighting League. Not sure what that means slippery stairs world signs the world we'll sign, racing. listen to this one 7 p.m Brent get your eyes glued to the world sign spinning championships I've seen wow. some sign spinners in Jacksonville yeah. and they're pretty good so I they see got axe world throwing world as well like. you know yeah. I, you,
0: you saw me tweet earlier the 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 uh, this week from Baltimore the National Rubik's Cube Championships. Yes. I'm surprised yeah. that wasn't on yeah. at all uh, here's the deal I would probably go for if I really one of those that you just mentioned, I think golden actually tea. the lawnmower race. <laughs> oh <my laughs> no, and no you know way. what I you know what I think, though? You have to have like a two-drink minimum. <laughs> okay, see, now that's
1: a little better. <laughs> I just feel like my, my lower back can handle see, that I race would, more than ten minutes. I want to see the, the, slippery,
3: tea. the slippery stairs where they're just trying to run up like greased <laughs> stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: hear you. you I, think, be right. I think I'm just going Golden tea.
3: All right. All right. Yeah. Can you guys do me a favor and give you,
0: give us your best ninety minutes, and then you can go watch the <laughs> Ocho, whatever the hell's going on, the rest of the day.
1: We'll see. Stay <laughs> in your lane. Coming up this next time time study is crazy right
0: Cue the music. Send us to break,
1: <laughs> Be genuine. I talk about it all the time is just being genuine and you know helping these guys along. You know my philosophy is always, you know, in the quarterback room, I want to help those guys develop as younger players. I want to help all the different position groups just step on our field and feel confident because we're a unit. And, you know, just teaching those lessons about just, hey, this is the only play that matters, just play called. Hey, we're playing for one another, are playing for the guy next to you. The little things that I've learned from playing with so many talented players and coaches throughout my career, I try to bring to the practice field every single day and try to help my teammates. And like I said before, I'm, I'm really excited about being here and, you know, very fortunate to be here. Well,
0: that's Nick Foles talking about being a Jacksonville Jaguar, and we'll see if he plays any tomorrow. Uh, don't be shocked if he doesn't. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to risk some of their star players mm-hmm. with n- not in uh, position battles out there on the field on Thursday night. It just makes no sense. I think Austin said it before. If you're nicked up or if you're not really in a battle, uh, you're probably not playing, and I think that certainly could be the case across the NFL. I don't think that's just the uh, Jaguars exclusive thing, as we talked about uh, some of the preseason playing time earlier in the program and how that philosophy has shifted even slightly in the last few years to include the first preseason game, along with the traditional snoozer of the fourth preseason game. I think the first uh, first one is starting to get like that a little bit as well. The only good thing about the first one, Austin, is the fact that we have football. You know? No, of course. So the excitement <laughs> level of football, it's like, I think they'd watch me run around uh, just to see football back in the NFL, you know.
1: Exactly. There, there is a product on the field, you know, and it's going to be wearing teal and it's going to have, uh, you know, the the Jaguars logo on that helmet. So, um, it's it's intriguing to say the least, you know. And and granted, yes, we talked about it. The starters probably won't see a lot of playing time, but if you're a Jaguars fan, then you're keeping an eye on Taven Bryan. Um, you're keeping an eye on some of that receiving core because the receiving core is up for grabs right now, you know. well, you know Chris Conley, uh, D, D. Westbrook maybe. DJ Chark, you know, are are kind of the the, the starting three so far. I mean, uh, Trout Pryor is still there as well. So, I mean, there's still some guys that can kind of make a name for themselves and move up that depth chart a little bit. So there's still battles to, to watch even in the first preseason game.
0: We got a uh, Gardner Minshew interview coming up uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, and I'll, I'll we talked to Nick Foles a little bit today, yeah. and I've got a great quote about Gardner Minshew. So I'll share that with you. Uh, and also some other players to keep an eye on that we think. We already talked a little bit about a Dayton Jones, uh, on that defensive line. Uh, where does the new, uh, draft pick, Dontavius Russell, factor in? Again, I think what's interesting is so much talk about the star power on this defense, and it is. I mean, when you line up on third down, Austin, and you line up Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, and Josh Allen. That's pretty good. It's hard to get by that, right? It's hard to look anywhere else. But look at some of the depth and some of the battles going on, which we'll do in a little bit. And names like Dontavious Russell, Dayton Jones come into play. Like, See, I don't really think Taven Bryan's name comes into that conversation. He's going to be on the football team. How much he plays, how productive he is, that's a different story. But I think how much these other guys can impact that we're really not spending a lot of time talking about. Uh, We'll do that a little bit more in the next uh, hour. And also tomorrow we'll do a lot of that. I'll be live. At m Bank Stadium, uh, here from three to six uh, on Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN, six ninety, and on the TV side. All right, let's get to a little stay in your lane, man.
1: Oh man, hang on. I'm okay. Let me get it set up here. But by, Brent, by the way, so forget everything that you thought about marble racing. Turn on ESPN2 right now and check out the most intense Marvel Racing you've ever seen. That's what me marble and Cools are watching. There's Marvel right. Racing on ESPN2 right now. I,
0: I can't turn the TV on, all right? I'm all having right. a hard enough time putting this shot together. <laughs> Stuart Weber keeps walking by, he's waving his hands. The guy always wants a shameless tea, a little plug anywhere sure. there's a camera. Sure. And he says, I look like I'm about to tell a ghost story because of the way it's lit in here. Oh, it's so. crazy. So
1: you've actually been pretty popular with mean, my friend's group text messaging here. that They're saying, Brent After Hours. Very nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yep. this is becoming a thing. Yep, exactly. Well, it's the it's the danger. Of, well, I'm telling on. you, it's pouring out. There's lightning. I can't be outside. I tried all the way until ten of three. I was going to make the risk, but then I have to deal with the lighting issues. There's three little light bulbs here. I actually have. Look what I'm doing. I'll even show you. This I've even manufactured this right there. That's going to blind you. So I've, I've tried. We're trying here. I'm a one-man crew. I would like you know, to say, no. I saw, like, Sirius XM. They had, like, six guys to do a show like I this wish yesterday. I,
1: could, I wish I could show you some of these memes right now in this group that people are tweeting of you. <laughs> oh, but, um, no. I'm just going to show Coos, and I'll, I'll show you in person, Brett, but they're, they're pretty good, man. I would like to just look down at
3: the light, and I'm blind now by doing that, too. After Hours is reserved for my other show, so you got to come up with a different name. Oh, is it?
1: Do you, yeah. actually, do you actually pay attention to that one? <laughs> uh, so, Stanley and Brent, uh, cruise control. It's MLB Players Weekend. Um, and you know what that means? And if you don't, I'm about to tell you. It means that the players get to put their nicknames on the back of their jerseys instead uh, of their yeah. last name. Um, well, I took it upon myself to find some of the best nicknames that will be debuted uh, on the jerseys starting Saturday. So, we're going to go to, uh, let's see, the Los Angeles Angels. Tyler Buttry, instead of the last name Buttry, will have a peach emoji and a palm tree emoji on the back of his jersey for his name. I, I don't know. Think mind about that. it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Jake, Jake <laughs> Marcinic of the Astros is going to have Big Fudge. Not sure what that means, but Big Fudge, I assume, because he's probably a big guy, who eats a lot.
0: Hope they spell that one right.
1: <laughs> Good call. Uh, Trent Thornton of the Blue Jays. Uh, Gonna have Butters on the back of his uh, jersey. I think because he looks like Butters. And I just put that, that was one a in reference. Yeah, well, that and plus I have one of my really good friends back home as we we call him Butters. So there you okay. go. Uh, this one's a little play on words. Mike Leake of the Diamondbacks is gonna have drip on the back of his jersey. Um, that's very a, nice. That's a Cardi B reference for all the kids out there. Uh, Shane Bieber of the Indians is gonna have not Justin for obvious reasons on the back of his jersey. And, I saw that one. That one was,
0: yeah. a few days ago. That was a little bit of a buzz yep. around, not Justin. I like that.
1: And then uh last one we're going to do here, and I'm, I think it's how you pronounce it, Andrew Knapp of the Phillies, right? Knapp? How do you spell that? K-N-A-P-P.
0: No, I think it's just Nap.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. So Andrew Knapp of the Phillies is going to have nap time <laughs> on the back of his <laughs> jersey. Good. So, yeah, check him out this weekend.
0: All right, uh, I like that. Do you, uh, you wish you could have done something like that? A little flexibility in the NFL.
2: With, For with sure. Like
1: well, yeah, and and listen, like, and I I think baseball is a lot more lenient in terms of how you present the uniform, which is crazy to me because I feel like baseball is built off tradition, you know, and rules. But you know, like you see uh, Acuna now rocking like the open shirt with the with the jewelry and everything like that, the necklaces. Like in football, it it is super strict with the the uniform policy. Um, so much so, and I'll kind of unveil the curtain a little bit of how it actually works so this is in preseason regular season as well but basically you have to abide by you have to have like i think it's like two inches of white showing so basically this Secondary color of your socks. So if it's white or black, you have to show at least two inches of that. And if you don't, you get fined. But the way it works is, so you have your uniform. You go out there for like you know like the, the pregame warm-ups and everything like that. You have your jerseys. You're doing the, the the walkthroughs and all that. And you're doing some you know some contact drills. And then as soon as you come off the field, there's officials um, for each position group. And what they do is they, they make a list, and then they, they come and talk to you like, hey, you need to fix your cleats, you need to fix your socks, you need to fix your jersey, whatever it is. And if you don't fix it by the time you come back out, then you get fined again. So as soon as you're walking to the locker room after pregame warm-ups, uh, someone's going to come talk to you about if, if your uniform is like not you know to the NFL standards. What's so, the
0: level of stupidity in that?
1: Oh, dude, it's It's insane. You know, it, it, I mean, is it's, there a
0: good reason behind it? Give me, give me the.
1: Yeah, so no, the, the, I, I mean, no, I mean what it is, they just wanted to look professional, Brent. Honestly, like, they think yeah. that everybody should look the same, um, you know, and not really show any personality at all. Now, the, there have been instances, and I'm not gonna, oh, you know what. Oh, I'll go ahead and name some names because I'm not afraid to do it. Uh, you take Charles Woodson, for example, played for the Green Bay Packers. Well, I heard a story where when Charles Woodson would wear his socks because Charles Woodson was famous for just wearing green socks with no white, he got fined around eight grand every single game for not wearing any white in his socks. But he didn't care because, you know, if, if you look good, you play good, you feel good.
0: So and if you have enough money in the bank account, eight grand. Yeah.
1: More. Well, hey, if, if it was me, no, I'm going to show all the white if, if that's what it takes. I'm going I'm to be the, the swaggiest guy on the field because I'm not going to pay eight grand free you know, for a fine every single week. But if you can afford it, more power to you.
0: Gosh, good thing we don't have that fine system coming into work every day. Flip-flops. Oh, I know. I, just think how much, how many times you'd find me for wearing gray.
1: Well, I was going to say, I mean, it, when it comes to me, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. But, yeah, your your whole gray color palette, um, 50 shades of gray to say the least. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, what's Cruz
1: cruise through? Cruz, uh, you, you mean uh, p- pump your bricks. I mean pump your yep. bricks. Pump yeah, your bricks. That too. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, so, like we talked about, Brent, last night was the premiere of Hard Knocks, and like many fans, I tuned in to watch. Um, I think the show, honestly, does probably the best job of t- trying to take you through the locker room and see what training camp is like now. Granted, you probably only see about... 60% of what actually happens during training camp and in the locker room. But needless to say, I think, um, you know, it's more accurate than anything else out there on TV as far as football is concerned. So it's a great show. And every single year, um, you know, there seems to be like an unsung hero who people cheer for or people are, are entertained by, whether it's a coach or player. Well, I didn't really get that vibe last night of any unsung hero or, you know, any big-name guy that's going to kind of take over the the show of Hard Knocks. But there seems to be kind of a villain, and this has been evident on social media. Uh, and that's rookie safety Jonathan Abram. Um, he's a brash, confident guy, doesn't like playing half speed even in helmets. And uh, this is what the rookie had to say to John Gruden when Gruden confronted him about uh, going full speed when they're just wearing helmets
2: i can't help but you, you don't go- understand i you come understand.
0: if you don't understand you come so I, yeah. I mean yeah, i love the, the aggressiveness that's why you're here here. but not against our own people especially because yeah. the there- there's some shots you don't have
2: to take until sunday right let's be smart call what we ain't gonna cut block you can't cut me so yeah the, the, i mean
1: I, obviously for censorship purposes we couldn't play that whole conversation uh due to the language But basically what happened was uh, you saw a rookie that was kind of talking back to Gruden a little bit. And um, for the most part, I think people kind of thought that he was a little arrogant, a little cocky. Um, I think a lot of Raiders fans like that kind of personality where, you know, he's not afraid to hit somebody even if they're just wearing helmets. Yada, yada, yada. That's great. But I think from the casual fan that's not a Raiders fan, people were kind of taken back a little bit by Jonathan Abram last night.
0: Jonathan Abram, uh, Mississippi State guy, right?
1: I believe so, Yes.
0: Uh, hold on. Let me confirm so you can ring the bell. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yep, yep. I just wanted to make sure I was right on that. Okay. And I am. Whoa. Ring the bell for oh, okay. Mississippi uh, State for the neighbors.
1: I'm going to put my cell phone down when I was watching Marbles, and I'll ring the bell real quick.
0: Yeah, please do. Stop watching Marbles. <laughs> Gosh, it's like you're – did you have a tough workout last night or something? It's like you're 85 years old trying to get to the bell. Hey. took forever. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That's go. for you, neighbors. A uh, little Mississippi State reference. By the way, some college football schedules are out. We'll talk about that. Uh, this is not a thought, and opinion, or anything else. It's just a PSA. Speaking of some baseball, it's Mike Trout's 28th birthday, I believe. Watch the guy play. Yes. <laughs> he might go down as one of the best to ever do it. So if you want to watch, like, Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and some of the greats, he plays out west, he plays the sport of baseball, and he's really good at it. Mike Trout, happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Mike Trout. And thanks Trout.
0: for giving us uh, some good baseball.
1: Sorry we'll I'm to watch him watching ESPN 2, though, but <laughs> how, it's all good. How good are some of the college football schedules?
0: We'll talk about that before we get back into the NFL and my Gardner-Midshue interview in just a bit. Right here on ESPN 690. Hey, I wasn't picking my nose, Austin. What do you mean? I saw you that. Meme or whatever oh, the, you said. Hey,
1: those weren't from me, man. Those are from the, I th- was like those this. Are from the public.
0: A little <laughs> scratch of the nose, and it, you, they're making me look like I picked my nose. Well, it's the danger of the video feeds. It is the danger You've got to watch what feeds. you're doing. I try to get away, like I just had a little sandwich, and it was good, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I, I try to get off camera, so I'm not eating, unlike you. Oh, no. I, on I, I, you just no don't shame. care.
1: I seriously don't.
0: So, But now all of a sudden. There's a meme out there that looks like I'm picking my nose.
1: Yeah, well. You... Which I'm
0: not afraid to pick my nose, but I wasn't in this scenario.
1: Okay. I mean, I feel like the fact you have to defend yourself a lot here shows that you were picking your nose, in fact. But, no, hey, that a to little each, scratch. to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, hey, we're going to get to Gardner Minshew interview coming up at 5 o'clock and uh, more Jags talk, including some guys to keep an eye on uh, tomorrow night. Uh, rainy afternoon here in Baltimore. Jags with a walkthrough. We are at the Jags team hotel. I'm not telling ghost stories. It's just the best we could do because of the weather outside and, uh, well, the lack of lighting <laughs> inside in the hotel. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. On all the different video platforms and on the radio, of course, as we continue from Jacksonville to Baltimore all week long. Only show, I think, hosted uh, in Jackson, in town, uh, from Baltimore every day this week. So uh, glad to be able to bring it to you. And Ku's doing a good job marrying it all together uh, so far. <laughs> all right, some college football schedules are out. Uh, Florida Gators uh, just put theirs out. Uh, now I've got to try to find it because I lost my spot. Um, hey, how interest? How interested as a player were you? I know Murray State may be a little bit different. You're not going to play at Alabama and other places. Uh, what was the biggest school you played against at Murray State? What's the best like uh, venue?
1: So my ah, uh, let's see. We played Louisville my sophomore year. We played Mizzou my freshman year. Um, those are two big games though for us because at the time Mizzou was number five in the nation. You know they had uh, Chase Daniel at quarterback. And then I want to say my sophomore year, we played Louisville. I think they're number seven in the nation. Um, they had, I think, Harry Douglas. Um, I think bra Bron- i forgot the quarterback's name, but Braun, I think it was his last name. Um, Brett Brom, maybe? Oh, Brom, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett Brom. And then— uh. Or Jeff uh,
2: Brom. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. And then they had some tight end, yeah. and Gary Barnage, too, did okay against <laughs> us as well.
0: Oh, that's right. We've talked about
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, hey, you know this uh, this year, you know they're going to play Georgia and Athens.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That, that might be a trip you can make.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I guess it's like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, come on, you get sideline passes. I know, but like I don't. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to lose the game because I have very well, yes, high confidence. Yes, they are going to lose
0: the game. That's hey, fine. Whoa, but,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes a little bit, Brent. They going to get their butt whooped. That's okay. what they're going to do. Yeah. My, but no, that, no it would. It, it'd be a cool experience to, to go see that game for sure. Yes, I think uh,
0: that is. I think the weekend of the opener, so like Quincy Williams can't go. Yeah. I was going to say, you and Quincy could go up together.
1: Well, I'd, I'd probably ask him to give me tickets because he is the man for Murray State now. Or, or, oh, you could or get perhaps the, I mean, Maybe John Moran's got tickets I can get, too.
0: Yeah, well, well, well you could get tickets to that. And no, for sure. And you could also bring your ESPN mic and get a little interview, you know, do a little work. Like, make, at least pretend.
1: Yeah, but be honest, though. If you want me to do work at the Georgia game, you don't want me to interview the Murray State guys. You want me to go to the Georgia guys. That's true. Yeah. Now, speaking <laughs> of, you know well, I'll wear my I, Murray State shirt. Good call. It,
0: you know, I really, I've really i always said this. I'd like to go and visit a lot of the different venues in the SEC and the ACC. Yeah. I don't need to go see all the venues in the ACC, to be honest with you. But, you know, like Clemson, a night game, love to see it. I've been to Florida State. I've been to Florida. Um, I've been to LSU. But I try to do It's really hard with the Jags playing and their schedule. and their, But this year, I've never seen a game in Athens. I've been to Athens a few times. Uh, the week of the Florida-Georgia game, Georgia-Florida game, and uh, covered and got some preview stuff for our specials. So it's an awesome town. But I've never actually seen a game between the hedges. And this year, Georgia and Notre Dame play on the 21st of September. Uh, That is right after the Thursday night game between the Titans and the Jags. So it actually works out to go up to Athens and see a game. The only problem, Austin, is if I bring the family up, I yeah. can probably get a media pass, but if I uh, bring the family up, you know tickets are like, just to get in the building, like 700 bucks for that <laughs> $700, I think I saw last week on StubHub or one of them, yeah. just to get in. I'm not talking about good seats. In fact, someone I saw this weekend about that ticket said it's the hottest ticket or most expensive ticket in college football this year wow. is Notre Dame and Georgia. So needless to say, sorry, uh... Steph and the kids, you're not going.
1: <laughs> but we, I might. Okay, you're going to go? I no, mean, nah, I probably not Oh, okay. Well, then, way to get my hopes up, man. Appreciate it.
0: I don't know. I'd like to look into going. I just somebody's Some Georgia fan, if, if you're going to get rid of some tickets, don't charge us $700. No, I'll think about man, buying.
1: Just, uh, you know what? I'm going to talk to my boy in the Jaguars, Avery Jones, because he still owes me a lot of money. We've been over that before on the show. Very good so, call. So maybe he's, he doesn't have to reimburse me for the bet that he lost to. Maybe he can give me some Georgia tickets to Notre Dame.
0: I'll tell you what, I will pay his $50 fee that he owes you well, if Avery Jones <laughs> somehow finds a way to get us at reasonable well, cost. I don't want free tickets. Yeah. I'll pay. Yeah. But if Avery Jones can hook us up with some tickets and that I pay for, I'll actually front your $50 that Avery Jones owes you.
1: Well, it's crazy that you say it's like only $50 now. Like like inflation isn't a thing or something like that. Like we, It's been inflation for the past four years now. So the price yeah. for 50 has gone up. Significantly that's, more, let's just say fair, that. That's fair, but
0: did you see the Dow the last few days?
1: <laughs> I have seen the Dow the last few well, days, yes. Well, so
0: that inflation has gone. I mean, you know, you lost yeah. you lost whatever you gained in the last four
1: days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting pretty, but that's because I invest in video games, so I'm going to say. All right,
0: all right, real quick, here's the schedule for the Gators uh, for 2020, by the way. These things come out so early, but yeah, just make some plans. Eastern Washington <laughs> at home, Kentucky at home, South Alabama uh, at home. Uh, Tennessee on the road South Carolina at home LSU at home Well, next year They start five out of six at home Then they go to Ole Miss This is surprising Some people say Ole Miss is the best place in the SEC to go see a game A lot of people believe that We had Alyssa Lang on Remember from SEC Media Days yeah. She believes that mm-hmm. And she's not alone but
1: No, I've heard that the, from a lot of people
0: This will be a big trip for Gator fans, I think, because so many people say that. And the Gators haven't played in Oxford since 2007. So that's interesting. Of course, on Halloween will be Georgia and Florida in Jacksonville, uh, Vanderbilt, Missouri, New Mexico State, and Florida State. So, in other words, holy cats, it's Cupcake City for the Florida Gators. (laughs) I mean, eastern Washington, south Alabama, New Mexico State. Why is the game in New Mexico State? That's got to be a miss. This thing I'm looking at says it's in Columbia, Missouri. I think they made a mistake. That would be the Missouri game. But, uh, yeah, not so great for 2020 if you're trying to get people excited about your your home slate non-conference. Um, obviously, there's Florida State, and that one will be in uh, Tallahassee.
1: Well, yeah, it's right. not a good thing. If you hate wearing boat shoes and polo shirts as well, because I feel like Oxford and Mississippi, that's all they wear for their tailgating is boat shoes and polo shirts. So, uh,
0: You're talking about the males. Word is you should go to the gro- Grove and ask what the females wear.
1: Well, I'm not going to do it if I have to wear boat shoes and a polo shirt, Brent, so have fun.
0: Hmm. <laughs> you can wear a muscle shirt and boat shoes.
1: I'm going I'm, I'm wear a tank top and sandals and call it a day.
0: All right, when we come back, my conversation with Gardner Minshew, who should play quite a bit tomorrow night here in Baltimore. It's next on ESPN 690. The Jacksonville Jaguars on the eve of playing a football game for the first time in 2019. How many of their star players or starting players will play? Well, that's to be seen, and I wouldn't expect much out of that starting unit and some of the names you know for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But still, it's fun. It's football. We've been in Baltimore all week. We continue to be so. We're at the Jags Team Hotel hanging out. It was very stormy outside. Sun's starting to peak out now, which is good because I'm going to try to get to Camden Yards for the Yanks and Orioles later if we have a bit to do that uh, in between our our uh, tv duties hopefully that will uh, be the case Brett martino here austin lane back in the action sports shack studios right now uh, hanging out in jacksonville all week long and coos as well coos we're going to get to a basketball topic in a moment lebron james has been in the news quite a bit but also a little team usa talk why everybody's bowing out of that we want to get going with some football but before we even do that How about we have a little happy hour horn brought to you by Vita de Louis.
1: Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders, and grab some proper lighting if you're streaming, unless you're filming the Blair Witch Project remake like Brent Martineau is currently doing right now. <laughs> and I'm Brent. trying. i will
0: try. Vita de Louis recently got a 94 rating, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLouis.com. Drink responsibly. Of course. All right, Gardner Minshew, tomorrow, will make his NFL debut. Heck, might even get the start, depending on the availability and the uh, playing time, I guess you should say. Not really availability. He's available, Nick Foles is, but uh, will they play him or not? And Gardner Minshew will play a lot regardless. Uh, People are excited about Gardner Minshew, the character, Austin. Are they excited about Gardner Minshew, the quarterback?
1: You know, um, if you look at his college stats, there's a lot to be intrigued by. Obviously, and you you can't forget that you have to remember that he was, by all things considered, done playing the game of college football going into his senior year. He had a he had a grad assistant job at Alabama, and unfortunately, the spot came open when the 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 former quarterback of Washington State um ended up uh, committing suicide, and he was asked to go to the Washington State Cougars and really on one of the toughest challenges you can ever imagine of being the starting quarterback after that, that tragic event. And you saw a guy that the team really rallied behind um, the team took a liking to because it's not easy to step in a brand new locker room with brand new faces and be the leader like he was. So I think, you know, his, his leadership, um, his in-locker room stuff is just as great as the stuff outside the locker room, whether it's he's going fishing and wrangling these giant grouper or he's got this crazy mustache. So there's a lot to like about Gardner Minshew and you're going to get the, the first taste of that in uh, you know, in a game setting tomorrow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I caught up with Gardner Minshew after he practiced against the Ravens on Tuesday. Butterflies, anxiety, NFL debut, everything that goes into it. We'll get a good look at the Jaguars' number 15 and backup QB, Gardner Minshew tomorrow. What was it like practicing against a different defense here in the NFL?
4: No, it was good. Good to simulate a lot of game circumstances right here, playing against another opponent. It was fun, you know, just part of that learning process, getting used to the NFL. We just did some gassers, man. Did you do something wrong, or is that just conditioning? No, it's just conditioning a little bit. You know, trying to stay as ready as you can for for games.
0: How? Uh, where's the anxiety, anxiousness type of level for you? Excitement level now that? you know the reality is you're going to play in an NFL game on Thursday night and I know that's you've dreamed about that for a long time.
4: Yeah, very excited. Um very excited. I just want to you know, use that energy uh, to power me instead of holding me back. You know, uh, but looking forward to it. Excited to get out there with these guys and compete.
0: You like the idea that it looks like you'll get some series. You maybe get a chance to get a little comfortable, try to get in a rhythm rather than make just four plays or something like that.
4: Yeah, man. Whatever I get, I, I got to make the most of it. You know, it's not my decision how much I play. So whatever the coaches give me, I'ma do what I can with it.
0: The, the book on you coming in is Tom Coughlin and these guys really liked your smarts, your ability, your IQ, your ability to adapt to the. Offense. How do you think you've done with John D. Filippo's offense and picking it up?
4: I feel like I've done pretty well, um, and that's just a, kind of a tribute to hard work. You know, there's no way around it. You got to be in your book. You got to study. And that's one thing I take pride in is that I am preparing the right way and um, learning, especially from these older guys, on really how to prepare.
0: You Talk about older guys. Nick's been around the block a couple of times. Uh, what, what's your takeaway from Nick? Has there been a thing that he's told you? It's like man that's really sticking
4: out he's right he's right on the money about that and it's helped you oh man there's so much that he tells me he's such a good role model you know not only on the field but how to handle your business outside with family uh religion everything like that so he's been a great guy to look up to and i look forward to being with him for a long time
0: you you think football is football right quarterback's quarterback but there's a lot that does change high school to all the different places you were in college to now the nfl i mean how different is it at your position in this league
4: absolutely it's definitely different uh, I'd say the learning curve is definitely bigger for the NFL uh, but at the end of the day if you're walking into a new locker room something I've done before um, and it's all about getting to know these guys being able to work with each guy being able to work with each coach and uh, I think that's something my college experience has helped me with uh, now
0: the knock on you coming out was your height or you've always dealt with that I'm sure I know but have you had any challenges uh, with your height Playing against the big guys uh, now, this different level of football. Has has there been anything different, or is it just the normal challenges you might have faced being six one, six two throughout the rest of your career?
4: Yeah, no, it's the exact same. I mean, there's big guys in college. Uh, there's fewer big guys in high school, but uh, I've always been undersized, so I've you know been able to learn learn how to play with it, um, and I think it hadn't really hindered me here. Uh, I may have to do things a little different than some of the other guys, but that's okay, and I feel like I'm adapting well.
0: How much do you beat yourself up in the first couple of weeks uh, with everybody watching you if if you make mistakes, or do you have to be careful of doing that?
4: Well, I think, you know, always you have to be your toughest critic. You know, you can't worry about what other people say. You have to hold yourself to a high standard, and that's one thing I've been doing is, you know, no matter how good a day might have looked, no matter how bad, I know I can get better, and I want to improve from that day to the next day you get a good rapport now with these guys some of these young receivers you work with absolutely you know we got a lot of good guys in the outside on uh, the receiving core a lot of great offensive linemen I'm building relationships with and the running backs tight ends as well man we Really come together as a unit, um, and that uh, really in the broader scheme as a team. So it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Family
0: coming in for this one Thursday night? Anything like that? Or are they just going to be all watching on TV?
4: Yeah, my dad's—he's coming in. A couple of his buddies—they're hooking up with. Um, so this past year, I won the Johnny Unitas Golden Norm Award. Hooking up with Johnny Unitas Jr. and their family—they're awesome people, gracious hosts. So uh, they're going to hook up with them. And they're going to go to the game. Very cool, man. Enjoy yes, it. Sir. Good luck Thursday night. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: I'm conversation with Gardner Minshew. I thought that last part was kind of cool, Austin. Uh, Johnny Unitas Jr. and the family helped present that award. And obviously the Minshew family and the Unitas family got close enough or friendly enough during that time. And uh, his dad is going to hang out. And I think he might even be in a, a suite or a box uh, with the Unitas family uh, tomorrow. So very cool. Good uh, good moment for them uh, to be able to uh, come here to Baltimore and, and see that debut. And, and uh, dad will be there for it.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, obviously, in terms of quarterbacking, you hear the name Unitas, and, uh, you know, that kind of carries some weight around the quarterbacking world. So, good for Gardner, you know, hopefully he gets a lot of reps to showcase his skills. And, um, Hopefully he performs well. You know, I mean, listen, uh, your your first preseason game, it's like he was saying, Brent. I mean, there are some nerves. You know, you you feel a little anxious. And uh, you saw with Drew Locke, you know, for for the Denver Broncos. Uh, He did not look good at all. There was some points where he just seemed downright lost. Um, So, you know, it's, it's one thing to come into your first NFL game and try to perform well. But it's another thing to try to be that general out there, to be that quarterback, and then be expected to carry the team. It's really rare, I think, where you see a lot of rookies succeed in their very first preseason. Game at quarterback, but you know, there has been some outliers and whatnot, but uh, but for the most part, you know, um, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think he's got an opportunity to do that tomorrow against the Ravens again, probably going against their twos as well, Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part in that first half, maybe even beyond. All right, I've got a quote that write it down. It's an awesome quote, it's about Gardner Minshew. Nick Foles said this to us today, he's just a chill dude. That wears a bandana who can sling the rock. Nick falls <laughs> on Gardner Minshew. And Minshew walked into the production meeting today looking a little bit like the karate kid, man. He had the bandana around. He was—he is about as chill as they come. I it's, kind of the, it's an interesting persona for a quarterback, and especially a quarterback in the NFL. I want to ask you a little bit more about that uh, when we come back. We'll talk a little hoops as well on ESPN 690. Fred Martin live in Baltimore Jags Team Hotel on the eve of the first preseason game of 2019. Gardner Minshew expected to get a lot of playing time. Also, keep your eye on T. Brady. Not Tom. Tyree. The wide receivers made a lot of plays during camp and it will be fun to watch. He's number 19 for the Jags uh, tomorrow night when that game plays on Fox 30 at 7.30. We'll have our countdown to kickoff pregame show at 7 p.m. on Fox 30, and we'll have a postgame show right after the game. So a lot of coverage on the TV side, and we'll do this show on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 live from the field tomorrow at m and Bank Stadium, so I'll be uh, there in Austin. I'll be back in Jacksonville in the Action Sports Jacks studios, keeping my seat warm, as you have done, uh, all week. I mean, that and watching Tetris and some other thing.
1: We're, we're, uh, yeah, we got a lot more racing up. on right now going
0: on. Ah, see, that's a good one. Yeah. I could watch a little bit of that. Yeah, it's pretty I might intense. have to flip that on. Uh, a couple other guys. I said T. Brady, Tyree Brady. Here's another developing story that could be good, is Will Richardson. Remember the fourth-round pick from last year? Kind of went off the radar. Yeah. Offensive lineman. Well, they've moved him inside, and sounds like he's playing well. And he's caught the attention of the coaches. So I think... What a fascinating story because he certainly got out of favor last year with the injuries and wasn't playing well. Uh, but now you think about this, Austin, you, you change offensive line coaches. Um, he's actually even changing positions at this level, uh, going from outside to inside. And he might be a cool comeback story as a former fourth-round pick that a lot of people, myself included, had kind of forgotten about, quite frankly, in any rotation of offensive linemen. So that might be a fun one to watch the entire preseason, specifically tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, as far as if you're into watching offensive linemen, he's definitely a guy <laughs> that you want to watch. Uh, you know, he was a guy where, I feel like, didn't the Jaguars kind of take a risk on him a little bit, even in the fourth round, because he had some injury history and there was the belief that he wouldn't play his rookie year just because of some injuries, if I'm not mistaken? Uh,
0: You know, I think you're right about that, but I don't want to say it with 100% certainty. I mean, he had more injuries when he got here, uh, so that was a definite. But the injury history in college... Uh, it escapes me, but it sounds like you might be right if I remember going back to last year and when he was drafted.
1: Yeah, but listen, I mean. We just had
0: so much, so little conversation about Will Richardson sure. last year because, yeah. again, he wasn't available. He fell out of favor. I mean, I, heck, I wasn't sure if he'd even get through this camp, you mm-hmm. know, coming into this season. And now all of a sudden he's raised some eyes, uh, caught some attention, and I think he might be a nice little comeback story.
1: Well, of course. And anytime, you know, if, if you get a new coach, um, you know, brought in that can kind of maybe he sees something that the other coaches couldn't see that helps and obviously playing a new position to an offensive line where you know playing guard to tackle it, it is a different uh, it's it's kind of like night and day in terms of your footwork your uh where your hands go and everything like that and just like the uh, like the speed because you think of, of a guard i mean you have to be ready to attack right away as opposed to a tackle where if you're you know your pass setting usually it's one two three and then you attack but with, with the guard it's a little different timing so maybe you know he was kind of meant to play the, the guard position all along but um it is It is good, you know, it's a good sign, the fact that he seems to be taking well to the guard spot because, you know, you have the guards right now with Andrew... Norwell, who I mean, all things considered, is going to be the starter because they paid him to be the starter. Yeah, and then you have AJ Cann as well, who you know also got paid. So, but from that perspective, to have a little depth at that position, especially on the offensive line in general, is always a good thing.
0: Yeah, at AJ Cann, they resigned. It'll be interesting to see if how much of a battle those guys will be in potentially, especially if Will Richardson continues to impress and play well. I do want to note that the video feed is looking better and better, Coos? don't you think? See, the sun is coming out in this window. I'm getting a little lighting in here, so it feels a little bit less like moonlighting and ghost time story. um, And now it looks better, or am I just making it up?
3: No, I, I agree. It's looking uh, – you're, you're getting yeah. some color to
0: yourself. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Thanks. Good. I was I've a, a little self-conscious about this all of a sudden. Uh, Gardner Minshew, we just had the conversation with him. I just wanted to say this point. I think, I think he's the clear backup, Austin. Uh, he's gotten more snaps. He's been positioned at this point to get a lot of reps tomorrow night. Uh, I don't really think this is much of a decision contest, whatever. I think they are going with Gardner Minshew. And I really can't give you a – I I guess I should say this. It's his to lose. I think he's going to be the backup quarterback. I think a lot of that is the smarts and the IQ and the understanding and being able to adapt to an offense. He does not have all the physical skills. Obviously, height is a bit of a detriment for him too. And I'm not saying he's looked unbelievable. I don't even know if he's like earned the spot in the first couple weeks of camp to say, I am the clear-cut backup. I can't even say that, yeah. but I think with what he's competing with, with Alex Magoo and Tanner Lee, it certainly feels like this is his job to lose as the backup QB going into 2019. What they do with the other guys potentially on a practice squad or mm-hmm. release, one of them's going to get released. Um, I, you know, that's to be determined by the time we get to Labor Day. But I think this is Gardner Minshew's job to have uh, as the backup to Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, and and I completely agree. You know, I think with Tanner Lee, you kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, you know, we saw it during the training camp this season. We saw it last year a little bit during the preseason. Um, you know, it's and I'm not trying to knock the guy or anything, but let's be honest. I mean, probably a game manager at best, if even that. And then with Alex Magoo, um, you know, a guy I got respect for. He has the full leg sleeve tattoo, yeah. which I, hey, I can get behind that all day. But
0: Not only that, how about this quote from Nick Foles today? The most swagged out QB in the NFL. Is, is Alex Magoo? That's what he told see, us See,
1: and, and, and I got into a huge debate with Marcel Robinson about who has the most swag on the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew or Alex Magoo, and I said, listen, anytime you get a full-leg sleeve tattoo like that, that's a, that's a pretty big commitment. So I'm going with Alex Magoo. So I'm, I'm glad that Foles is backing me up there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but with all things considered, though, I think Gardner Minshew is definitely the guy. It's his spot to lose right now. I am curious to see exactly how many reps he's going to get tomorrow. You know, if, if we can assume that Foles is probably going to sit out, um, and I can probably assume that a lot of the starters for the Ravens are going to sit out. So, more than likely, Minshew's going to see a lot of the twos from the Ravens, which, I mean, hey, all things considered, still a pretty solid defense. So, I'm curious to see exactly how many reps Minshew uh, will get and just how comfortable he looks back there.
0: Yeah, and I asked him that question, too. You know, it's one thing if you go in for four plays or a series or two, well, he'll have an opportunity, I think, over a quarter and a half, two quarters at least, to get comfortable in that offense, get comfortable, get in a rhythm, get acclimated to the NFL, the speed all those things. So I think it'll be good for Gardner Minshew. Hey, how crazy is Mike Tannenbaum to say this? It starts at the quarterback position. Since Blake Bortles came into the NFL in 2014, he's led
5: the league, the entire league, in turnovers. He's had 94 turnovers. So if Nick Foles just plays average, which he's played a lot better than average, they have a chance to have a good offense and a great defense. And if you go back last year, the Jaguars... Uh, average less than 10 points a game in the six games against AFC South opponents. So Nick Foles won a Super Bowl two years ago, and but for a big drop in the playoffs last year, would have been back in the NFC Championship game. So you pair an improving offense with a great defense. They were fourth in the league last year with points allowed. They added a great pass rusher in Josh Allen. I think you put those things together, you have the makings of a championship team. And as a football fan, I can't wait for... What couldn't he wait for? What couldn't he wait for, Coos?
0: For the first game. Jeez, I mean, Coos, what, what a time to cut that off. Tetris get you again? What's up, Coos? No, it just that's what they gave us. Who? ESPN. Huh. Oh my gosh, blame the
1: yeah. Well, the okay. So this is the guy though who actually he has the Jaguars going to the Super Bowl, correct? It's the same gentleman? That's
0: what that whole was. The whole thing was. Yeah, okay. we just we talked about it a little bit, yeah. but that was Tana Bob. I mean, is he kind of is that a little crazy? Listen. Sunshine and Rainbows, mm-hmm. owner, president, everything, board of directors right here. Uh, I just, Super Bowl seems like such man.
1: Well, <laughs> the, I mean, but, so getting back to I mean, yeah, it is a little bit of a stretch, especially in the AFC South right now with the talent that's involved in it. But to me, well, with what he was getting out of the, kind of the whole s- synopsis of, of, of his rant here was the fact that if Foles plays just half as better as Bortles did, the Jaguars will be okay. And, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that I makes sense a because, yeah, they are in a lot of close games last year, and the turnover has killed them. But let's be honest, though, Brent, the, the defense going into this year is not the same defense from last year or that epic defense from 2017, right? The yeah. secondary, especially in the back, is completely different in our safeties. Uh, the linebacking core is completely different. So... It's hard to say that you can just rest it on your defense again. I mean, yes, they have the talent on the defensive line. That's important. They have two bona fide starting corners, which is important as well. But I'm not sure. Sh- and I'll be honest, man. I- I'm not sure if I'm if I'm ready to call Jacksonville, you know, a top three defense just yet until I see it on the field.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I think be I honest. can buy that part of it. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. But, you know, here- here's the thing. I say it's really hard for me. <laughs> Let's get to 500 in Jacksonville. This season before thinking about a Super Bowl Now that being said Do I think they could win the AFC South? I, I don't think that's that far of a reach. I mean, no, I, the, I, I, don't, I don't know if Indianapolis really, is going to run away with it. Are well, they, they going to come back
1: to earth a bit? Yeah, and Andrew Luck has a calf problem right now. And the last guy you heard that had a calf problem, his name was Kevin Durant. how that pan out for everybody? So you're, yeah. not, you're not really sure what's going on with Andrew Luck right now. He's obviously the, the cog that makes that entire team run. Um, you have the Houston Texans with you know Deshaun Watson. Can he stay healthy? Can that offensive line, who's relied on two small school prospects to kind of anchor that, that tackle position now, can they be successful as well? And then you have the Tennessee Titans, you know, and you know exactly where you're getting with them. Uh, give me that power running smash mile type of style uh, with Marcus Mariota, who isn't necessarily a proven quarterback. Yeah, it's definitely up for grabs right now from, from what I'm seeing.
0: And I guess my point is, as far as I think it's a bit of a reach to say go to the Super Bowl, if you win the AFC South, you have a home game. You're three games away from going to the Super Bowl. Sure. We saw it a couple of years ago. Nobody yeah. would have predicted it, and they were ten minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. So uh, that's this league. You know, If you can get there and you do things and goes well, and Nick Foles plays well, and this defense creates some opportunities and turnovers <laughs> – well, you know, maybe all those things do add up. It might not be as far a reach given the talent they do have on the roster. Mm-hmm. Just like every football team, though, man, there are so many ifs, ifs, ifs. And unlike the Patriots or, say, the Chargers, you just don't get the feel they can overcome a lot of their ifs. If the ifs don't work out, well, then it's probably not going to go great for the Jags. Yeah. If the ifs don't work out in New England or maybe even L.A., now they got a guy named Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. That can kind of overcome those things. Not sure Foles is that guy. So uh, we'll see. But interesting thoughts from Mike Tannenbaum recently on uh, ESPN. When we come back, does Aaron Rodgers have a point, or is this another opportunity for me to call a football player soft? Next on ESPN 690.
1: Right, it's over.
5: Why so? so we can get on to the rest of training camp.
0: I wouldn't mind if they didn't do it
5: for another 14 years, but I think if they, uh, you know, look, that's out
2: of my control. Unless they're going to California, I'd kind of be, uh, you know, bummed out if we had to go uh, to another city. Uh, You know, you bring
5: a team in, I understand the point of it. I don't think doing live special teams drills are
0: very, uh, very smart. Why does it always feel like Aaron Rodgers is so cranky? Brent Martineau no, back here in Baltimore. Jags and Ravens tomorrow night on Fox 30. We've been here all week. Live shows from Baltimore. Uh, only station in Jack's doing that. And uh, we're here until 6 o'clock. Austin Lane back in Jack's in the Action Sports Jack studios. I don't know, man. I mean, I like Aaron Rodgers. I love watching him play. And I also don't mind that he isn't afraid to speak his mind. But. He does seem a bit whiny at times to me.
1: But, Brent, he's being a good teammate here because he's bringing up the fact that the Houston Texans were in town and they had joint practices, and he was saying how they shouldn't be going live for special teams and he would dislike it a lot if the Packers had to do that unless when they went to California, which is probably around his hometown, so he wouldn't mind that at all. But listen, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback in the NFL, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When you're one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you can hide behind a red jersey uh, in training camp. So from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, do you think he really cares if the Houston Texans come in and practice with the Green Bay Packers from his his own well-being? Absolutely not, because if any Houston Texans player even coughed on Aaron Rodgers during practice they'd be thrown out like that. That's just just the way it goes. So I think he's just trying to stick up for his teammates here a little bit and just say, you know, from the special teams perspective or other teams, um, he does want to see guys get hurt.
0: Well, that being said, I, I will uh, acknowledge the fact that special teams was the most fun part of practice to watch the last couple of days here in Baltimore because – You know why? It's the back end of the roster fighting for jobs, and they really were getting after it. They were going live. I mean, it did cross my mind. I was like, "Geez, hope guys don't get hurt. Well, that's where James Onwalu got hurt. It was on special teams. Mm -hmm. And I think that was more of a freak thing. I don't think it was someone like cheap shot at him or cut him or anything like that. But he did get hurt, and it's football. But I was a little, yesterday, especially watching practice, it was was really intense uh, with the gunners and those guys being blocked and, you know, live punts. Um, and it wasn't like returning it and tackling a guy, but all those kind of drills, it was intense, man. I mean, that was the most intense part of the last couple of practices. Absolutely was. Yeah. And so to get his point on that, I think sometimes, though, Rogers to me, sounds like he says stuff, and, and I again, he's been through it. He's a veteran. But I've got to believe these practices are so helpful to young players, seeing somebody else. Uh, the depth of the squad, which makes you good down the road, all those things. I mean, it might not be great for Aaron Rodgers. He's seen a ton of different defenses, a ton of different players. But I would think for some of these young guys, whether it's an offensive lineman going against a good defensive front here in Baltimore or a receiver going against some good corners, or even a Lamar Jackson going against this defense here from Jacksonville, i got to believe some of the looks they got, some of the things they did, even for a couple of days, is very helpful, even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't need it because he's been around the block. So I get his point, but it's like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the perspective of, listen, you're going against a good Houston Texans defense, so that's only going to make you better, right? It's definitely a new look, but at the same time, it is Aaron Rodgers, and I just feel like he's seen everything, and he can kind of tear apart any team that he wants to. Um, you know, from his attitude that you're kind of speaking on a little bit with Aaron Rodgers, Brent, um, you know, kind of sound a little cranky sometimes. I honestly think, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Green Bay Packer fans will agree with me here, Where I think he's just kind of fed up with how things have really played out in his career in Green Bay. You know, um, you're one of the top, I would say probably top three quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time now, and you only have one Super Bowl to show for it. And I think kind of the narrative in Green Bay is the fact that they haven't done enough to help Aaron Rodgers out. Now, yeah, you can kind of turn it on Aaron Rodgers and say, well, why don't you take a pay cut like Tom Brady did? And then maybe we can have some more money to pay the guys. Well, he didn't choose to do that. He wanted to make his money and more power to him. I, I support players making their money. But I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of coming from the, the field of where, you know, he's not going to play forever. He's probably got maybe five or six good years left, if that, coming back from a pretty bad knee injury last year. And I think he feels like Green Bay has hasn't helped him out a lot.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I think he might have a point in some of that. You know, what they've put around him, uh, his offensive line at times. They've had some good, some bad. Obviously, the one Super Bowl, how long he had to wait the beginning of his career where he probably lost some years off his career. You know, some of the, for as talented as he is, probably right, but it's like, I mean, you got to be cranky your entire career because of that? No, I mean, hey, I'm, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's like yeah. uh, uh, Talk about that after the fact, when you yeah. write the book, you know, all those other things. So uh, anyway, hey, I want to get to this Rich Paul rule real quick, and then we're going to get back to some Jags questions and finish the show on that. Uh, LeBron James, very vocal about this. Uh, the NCAA making a rule where uh, if you want to be an agent of underclassmen, Kuz, make sure I got this right, uh, agent of underclassmen, well, you have to have a degree. Right.
3: Yeah, they put it was that was the main one, and there's a few other things you got to take a test, and you have to have some certain insurance. But the degree was the main thing that they were focusing on.
0: And the idea here is Rich Paul did not have this. He obviously represents many, but LeBron James, and it, you know one of the biggest agents going in the NBA. Um, LeBron was vocal about it. LeBron's been vocal about a lot of stuff lately.
1: Yeah. So I think with this whole thing, and I'm not sure how you feel about it, Brent. See if it's me I don't to to say that you can't be an agent of the MBA, MBA um if you don't have a college degree I, I get where the NBA is coming from, but I think it's actually a bad look on MBA's part because I understand, like, you have to know the business side of it, but a big thing of being an agent is honestly just being kind of a, you know, that earpiece, that person to talk to, that trustworthy person, and sometimes you're in the business more of people than you are in the business of making money. I mean, yes, it goes hand in hand, but you have to know your client inside and out, and a college degree isn't going to teach you that. You know, it's it's how you do with your people skills. It's how you do with your street smart skills. So from that perspective, I feel like you know saying you have to have a college degree in order to be an agent MBA. I, I think it's a little. Uh, I think I think it's a little taken back by the NBA that that the preaches to be so aggressive and to to, to be so progressive um, in in the world of sports.
0: Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, the other thing. <laughs> The great, the great examples against this, and and I don't know if it's apples and apples. We've been covering football up here, and I know it's been a big topic, especially when LeBron James jumps in. But the great examples, I think Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, right, both didn't have their degree. Oh
1: yeah, I mean you can go on, uh, yeah, you can go on and on with that I mean, the whole yeah. theory. So yeah, and you can exactly. always
0: find you can always find examples, but uh, it's it. Let me just say this: on the surface, without deep diving into it, sounds a little silly.
3: Yeah. Well, and the main thing I think that they're trying to focus on is – is I don't know if it's technically – and I guess this is where LeBron's coming from in terms of punishment um, or what they're viewing as punishment is like, you know, if it feels like Rich Paul is very involved with getting players to play with each other in terms yeah. of like AD being vocal and, oh, him and LeBron have the same agent and Ben Simmons has the same agent, so we all assume these guys are eventually going to end up together, stuff like that, obviously – uh, the Sixers signed a deal, so so Ben won't. But, you know, that's another part of it. And I wondered, you know, on the surface when I first saw this, I wondered how much was that, the NBA being like, all right, we need to calm this guy down a little bit. Uh, we need to we need to open it up so other people can get in here and, and make him, like, chill out.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal with that, man. It reminds you a lot of Jimmy Sexton, who's the agent for so many different coaches in college and the NFL. And so these guys can really manipulate and be the mastermind. Although I do believe at the you know at the core of it they're still worried about one person, but they can really play things off. You know, there's always been the talk of whether it's Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher or whoever else. You know, how much do they kind of throw rumors out there that a Texas might be interested or someone else just to get their guy? Or you know, Jimmy Sexton might be a genius at all the backdoor dealings is my point, mm-hmm. and Rich Paul might be too. And helping that. Although, don't you get the – like? see, I feel like Jimmy Sexton's got an impact on the coaching world in college and and maybe even some of the NFL guys. I really don't feel – I know Rich Paul is a a big player in all of this because he's got some power, obviously, with LeBron. But I feel like it's the players in the NBA. Is is that a little naive on my part? But I kind of feel like all this talk, all this – uh, manufacturing of rosters, all this. I want to get out of here to go here. I want to play with this guy to play with that guy. I feel like that's more player-driven than Rich Paul and agent-driven, although he might be the guy to execute it at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's definitely player-driven, but I think when they have the same agent, you know, where the whole, like, yeah. temp, you're not supposed to talk to each other. Fine. Well, I'll tell my agent this, and then my agent will relay it to, you know, like, there's yeah. – it makes it, I guess, easier – for them to do what they're trying to do, and that's why the uh, NBA is looking into all this like tampering rule changes, essentially.
0: It's a tricky spot. I mean, I will say, I just don't know if this is the answer. That seemed like a silly answer to to come up with, but I also do think they have a bit of an issue with that. You know? Um, I I don't know. uh, You know, Austin, you're good to speak on this. I'm all for player empowerment, I guess, from making money and all that stuff. I don't know if they should be GMs of professional sports teams. There's a job for that. In the NBA, it feels like LeBron's a GM.
1: It's the Wild West. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of the result of the culture, though, right? Like... We, we can say, well, if we stop the agents from doing that... I mean, listen, if the player's want to talk to somebody with means of Twitter and Instagram, I mean, the player's going to talk to somebody. It's really not that hard to do. True. So in in terms of the line of communication, it's always going to be there regardless if there's the GM, if there's an agent or whoever it is. The player's going to talk to each other. I mean, anytime you... And Brent, we do it all the time. But you know We talk to other radio stations as well because that's just what we do. We're in the same line of work. We're going to talk to each other. So from that perspective... Um, it's just the way that it's the way the culture is, man. And for whatever reason, basketball is probably the highest regarding that as far as any other sport.
0: I want to be the Rich Paul backdoor deal and Jimmy Sexton of Sports Radio.
1: And I want to be the LeBron James of Sports Radio. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: on your way. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's talk Jags and Ravens. One more segment. What to expect? We'll answer some of your questions next on ESPN 690. I just scratched my nose again, and now I'm self-conscious about that. Fred Martino in Baltimore in the <laughs> team hotel. Telling ghost stories. Actually, the lighting is much better. Austin Lane back in Jacksonville. Action Sports Jack Studios. We'll do it again in separate places tomorrow. I'll be at m and Bank Stadium uh, 3 to 6 right before kickoff of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Baltimore Ravens game. Should be field level, so that should be a lot of fun. And we'll talk a lot about your Jags. Uh, and also, you can ask us some questions. We'll answer some Jags questions uh, in a moment. But first... We were just on basketball, and I want to get this in. Kuz brought this up. Team USA and why some players are backing out or don't want to play. C.J. McCollum's thoughts on that.
4: I think other guys looked at it like, uh, why would I want to go potentially be the face of a, of a what could be a losing roster or the workload part? If we all play, the workload is less. 20, 25 minutes, you're getting blowouts, whatever. You're moving on. A lot of guys don't play. Your minutes might go up. Your usage might go up. That affects your summer as you head into March when that that crash comes. You know, that pre-January is when the crash comes before all-star break. And then after all-star break, guys start to break down in March, April. Those extra miles in the summertime, I already lead the league in miles or close to it every year. Like I don't want to run around in Australia, run around in China, and then come back and have to get ready for the season when I could be strategically planning my workload, taking the breaks I need, getting my, my proper rest and work to where I peak at the right time.
0: Well, CJ McCollum, you know, I, I, Austin, real quick thought on this for some Jags questions. Yeah. I don't. I have a um, an inner battle sometimes between, I'll, I'll use the word soft players, or smart players.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I actually think what McCollum's talking, the soft part is we're afraid we might lose. Come on, man. I mean, you're a competitor. Really, you're going to back down because your face might be on someone that might lose? Well, don't lose then. I well, mean, that's competing. No,
1: very that, true. But at the same time, Brent, when you're Team USA, you always have the target on your back, and you're going to be getting the best of every opponent that you play because absolutely. they want to Team USA. Well, well, welcome that. I, I you're understand.
0: the best. Yeah. I mean, don't tell me you're afraid to lose. That's why one of the reasons you're not going. Now, the workload part is different. The workload makes sense. The travel the amount of, of science we have now about bodies and recoveries and athletes and how long that NBA season is, I understand that part, Austin. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I understand it as well. And, you know, to try to get to his point, I mean, this is kind of a snowball effect where some of like the big names dropped out and then all of a sudden, you know, some of the mid-name games n- names even dropped out and all of a sudden just kept on going down and down the list until you have a bunch of guys who, you know, are playing for the Boston Celtics, basically. So... uh <laughs> You know, from that perspective, I mean, I I can definitely see CJ's point here. Where if you don't have the the full roster, if you don't have the full artillery, then yeah, let's be honest, there is pressure to lose Brent because as soon as they lose one game without that full roster, without that full depth. Well, then everyone's going to point the finger and say, how do you, how are you Team USA and you lose? I mean, yeah. I, I, I get you can sit here and say, well, you shouldn't want to welcome that and you shouldn't think like that. But at the end of the day, if you don't have your, your full talented roster, you have some guys that maybe start the bench in the NBA and now you expect them to play Team USA. There is a lot of pressure on them because as soon as they lose, we're all going to point the finger and say how embarrassing for our country.
0: Yeah, my guess. James Harden, Eric Gordon, uh, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, some of the names that withdrew uh, from the Team USA. All right, some Jags questions quick, coups before we get out of here. What you got?
3: Yep, the first one was asking about Trey Herndon, just saying, uh, what have you heard about him so far from camp, specifically directed at Austin, because it was the guy that asked Brent... A direct question last time. Oh, I'm I'm glad he felt bad. Equal time. Fair
1: and balanced. Equal time. So, you know, with Trent Herndon, obviously he's getting a lot of time because A.J. Boye is out right now. Um, All things considered, from what I've seen, you know, it hasn't been bad. Um, I'm not sure how he's looked in Baltimore so far. I haven't heard too much, but you got to remember, this is a guy that came from Vandy uh, last year as a rookie and was an undrafted free agent. You know, he was kind of behind the eight ball of making the team, but um, you know, he kind of got it together and he ended up making it. You know, I mean, any any time an undrafted free agent makes a team, that's an accomplishment in itself because the percentage of doing that is so low. So now you have a guy like Trey Herndon who was an undrafted free agent, had the pressure of just you know trying to make the team because it's one thing to make the team. But it's another thing to to stay on that roster the whole season. So you gotta think as a rookie if you're him, I mean you're going to work every single day with, you know, maybe some butterflies or something thinking, man, I hope I don't get cut today. I hope I don't get cut today. Well now he enters his second year and he's kind of being counted as the man right now with AJ Boye getting hurt. So I think it's intriguing to see what he can do going forward.
0: I think there's a lot of folks that like Trey Herndon's game and I think he's done a nice job overall. Herndon and uh, Breon Brion Borders have done a pretty good job, but don't get it twisted as you like to say. There's a huge <laughs> drop off but between the Boyer Ramsey tandem and the rest of them. There might be some nice talent but I don't think anybody wants to go to battle September 8th with that other talent that depth. I, I really don't. I think there'll be some major concerns especially given the safeties and the youth and inexperience there as well. We'll get some more of your questions tomorrow invite them both on the social media channels. You can also call Star Star 690. We'll be talking about a football game tomorrow on this program. Uh, from Baltimore and back in Jacksonville Jaguars and Ravens Just about a day away now From the first preseason game For Austin Lane and Coos Coos, you're going to another wedding aren't you?
3: Yeah, I gotta go to a wedding
0: Unbelievable, it's alright Your replacement's not tomorrow, bad friend, don't worry. And you'll be here too yep. Mr. Monday through Thursday's working all week we believe <laughs> hey, Catch us on the TV side First and 10 training camp tonight Fox 30 and CBS 47 Have a great night everybody Hey everybody, it's football season and Action Sports Jax knows how to celebrate with more coverage than anyone else in Jacksonville. Hey, it's Brent Martineau from Jacksonville to Baltimore to Miami. This month, join us every night on CBS 47 and Fox 30 at 11.15 p.m. for First and Ten Training Camp. Shows every day with Action Sports Jax right here on the radio on ESPN 690 and on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Daily from Jags Camp, football season is back with Action Sports Jax.